Hello, and welcome to the Cruel Summer Podcast. My name is James Taylor. And I'm Marco Sparks. What up? What up, what up? We are joined with a special guest today as we do the season finale of Cruel Summer. It is Caitlin Riley. Hello, Caitlin. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this. Absolutely. We definitely wanted to have Caitlin on for at least one episode. Uh, she's a super fan of the show and a friend of the pod. Uh, you do the Riverdale Register podcast, and you've also started the new podcast, Scarity Chats, uh, which uh, we're big fans of as well. So thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I, and uh, writing about it too, right? Yes. Yeah, so I've been writing a lot about Cruel Summer um, for this new site, which I will also plug here, called The Dip. Um, it's kind of like a subscription site for TV fans. So if you ever want to just like in-depth coverage of of shows, fan theories, all that kind of stuff. Something that I would have loved to have when Pretty Little Liars was on. <laughs> so, but uh, it's been really fun and I love this show so much and I really pushed uh, to write about it when it came out. I was like, guys, listen, because I was covering Riverdale for the site, a couple of other things. It's like, we have to do Cruel Summer. And now I'm thrilled to be able to talk about it again forever. So. Oh, and let's be real. Like in five years, you'll have written the next Cruel Summer too. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> God we willing. hope. Uh, mm-hmm. God willing. God I mean, willing. It definitely does seem like <laughs> this show, at least from what I can tell on Twitter and social media and whatnot, it definitely captured the zeitgeist a little in a way that not a lot of shows tend to do. You know, it definitely seems like yeah. it broke through a little. Well, I think it's really interesting because I'm such a huge Freeform fan. I've been like a like I've watched so much uh, of their murder mystery things for years, things that like other people I feel like didn't watch. And one of them was the show Guilt. Do you guys remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, well, I feel the like Amanda Knox show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting how that show is super similar to this in, in theory. Mm-hmm. And that show I felt like got no love no. at all. Um, and I'm not sure why exactly. I mean, I mean, this is a better show, I think, but oh yeah, but I don't but know like, why. <laughs> like, just tell me where Billy Zane's character would have been on that show in season four of it. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. He the end was like a twist, sort of, where his daughter was like the reporter. Spoilers: you guys are not watching it. If you watched it, you would have. I assume we got canceled. Already seen it. Yeah. It did, yeah. But I, I thought it was a really good idea. I really liked the the idea of it and it felt very like big and like splashy like it was a very they said in london and like that was kind of fun and i don't know but cruel summer when well, so and, many thoughts <laughs> so you don't cast anthony stewart head's daughter unless you're gonna also have anthony stewart head show up as her her evil father so the most annoying thing about that whole thing is anthony stewart head plays her stepfather and they look exactly the same yeah yeah and that really bothered me so yeah. and i love anthony stewart head so but not from buffy I mean, also from Buffy, but from Repo, the genetic opera. So <laughs> somehow I knew you were going to mention that. Yeah, wow. yeah. No, I'm a very niche person. Yeah. I like he, very specific he things. <laughs> only plays like evil characters since Buffy. since Buffy. What was that? A... That horrible Harlan Coben show on Netflix, The Stranger. The Stranger. Oh, Stranger. and Netflix. Yeah. 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 I, I heard people liked it. Do people not like it? They shouldn't have. Okay. It was, it was wrong of them. They yeah, made was, a bad decision. They, they aired. Yeah. Um, uh, so just brief follow-up. Uh, one of our listeners, Ruth, pointed out that Harley Quinn Smith was actually in two of her dad's movies. Uh, uh, it's and, like Tusk. Uh, yoga, and, Hoshers, and Tusk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys need to just so this is out. No, no, no. This is, I'm going to be into- a 
a Mallory apologist. Wow. Yes. Wow. Also, I'm also a huge Kevin Smith fan. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're just going to, you know. I, 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 I was a big Kevin Smith this. fan back in the day. I just, I don't know. I, I think that Tusk was the one that I didn't watch and I haven't watched any since then. But I've seen just all the, the, cons- the concept of Tusk. Um, just, this is probably going to get edited out of the podcast because it's very random. But my favorite Tusk memory is my friend and I were playing um oh my god what is it called would you would you rather mm-hmm. and we had been we had been playing it like over the weekend and then my friend calls me at like tuesday um in the middle of the afternoon he's like hey can i do you have time to talk for a second and i'm like yeah everything okay he calls me he just says would you rather be the walrus from tusk or a member of the human centipede <laughs> and i'm like dan it's it's like two p.m. on a Tuesday. I thought something was wrong. <laughs> like, did you just come up with this? Tusk is a fucked up movie. That's the whole story. All right. Well, we've got a There's... Mallory apologist on the pod of this. I guess we could call you a hostile witness. What? A hostile witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How bad yeah. would it have to be for you to be like, no, 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 Human Centipede is the uh... right. I actually, I think Human Centipede is the only right answer of that story. But unless you're, yeah. if you're the first Either one, the front, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I asked those questions. After I was like, Dan, I thought that you were in the hospital. Um, I was like, oh, okay. What's yeah. the old expression? Like, unless you're the lead dog on the sled team, the view never changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing for human centipedes. Same thing for human centipede. That's so true. Um, I bring up human centipede too much. It's It really doesn't deserve, uh, it doesn't really no, deserve all of the time it sure doesn't. thinking about it but <laughs> or talking about it. It's a uh, very fucked up film. Roof sister also points out that uh, earlier in the show, there is no deadbolt on that door to the basement. And then later, of course, there is. He made some modifications. Well, it's also sort of weird. Why would there be a deadbolt? On the basement door? Yeah. Right. Because it's like, if it's on the outside, whoever is upstairs would just lock it. Well, because then you're saying... You're saying to your realtor, Greg Turner, is this like a basement situation? (laughs) Like, or like a a dungeon situation? What are we doing Right, Right. Like, like it's to keep somebody in the basement when greg turner what, 100% when, is like hey i don't judge whatever you want to do in that basement <laughs> right <laughs> it's weird. Was, was there a lock on the because if you have a basement wouldn't you would you lock it from the inside i would think and, normally it would just be a normal door handle and there would be no right. lock or anything because no yeah. <laughs> kidnappers use it for things but I mean, like I, nobody else would need to lock a basement i guess he could put a lock on the inside like just in case you needed to go hide panic down room. there or something your yeah. basic panic yeah. room yeah. The only thing I could think of it is why, other than the, this particular situation, why you would want to lock on the on the outside is if you were worried about people maybe breaking in through your basement, and then at least they would be stuck down there. That's a very generous yeah, that's elaborate. But that's yeah, what Martin Harris yeah. told the guy at Home Depot when he was right, asking him about right. the lock. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna dive into basic uh, trapping someone in your basement mm-hmm. etiquette and other right, other fun right, things. right. Super fun stuff. Yeah, but this episode is uh, season one, episode 10 of Cruel Summer, the end of season one, written by Burt V. Royal, directed by Bill Purple. It is called Hostile Witness. The Hostile Witness, not Mallory, as uh, Marco predicted there, but Kate herself. Well, she's she's a hostile witness in life. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Caitlin. Guys. It's okay. I was also very much on a fuck this girl train. And then the last episode, the last like three episodes, I was like, we're being a little bit mean, aren't we? Like, this seems really not cool, guys. Not you, but the collective. Oh, yeah. I was, sure. I mean, if you read articles that I've written, it's all like Mallory's sus, right? <laughs> like, so I, yeah, I'm an apologist now. 
her for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we jump into, you know, going scene by scene, overall thoughts on the episode. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. But I have, I have, uh, I love the episode, but I do have thoughts about how I think it, it came too soon. All of it mm. was mm. a little, it could have been stretched a little bit more. And I felt like there were some filler episodes we didn't need, but I overall, like on its face, I really liked this episode a lot. Mm. Yeah. I'd say I mostly enjoyed it. I have a couple minor issues with stuff that we can get into later. Um, it's one of those things where we, we may have, lessened our own enjoyment just by like focusing so hard and like we kind of called a fair amount of stuff that happens in the episode you know i'm not going to say like we called it exactly or anything but like stuff like the eight of diamonds card and the bike and whatnot like it, it so you, when you're seeing it play out you're just like uh-huh yep there it is you know that's that's what i predicted it's not quite as exciting as being you know oh shit like i can't believe that happened i didn't see that coming there's a great Reddit post on the Cruel Summer Reddit thread that's just like, some of you guys really need va- validation in your lives. <laughs> oh, see, I have a thread I come do. up that says, uh, <laughs> Mallory should not have been forgiven so easily. And there's like True. 12 bullet points that uh, we can get to later here. Well, we'll get into it later, <laughs> but I don't think... The, the, the thing that I thought about Mallory was it didn't seem like she actually saw Kate. And I kind of hated that. That yeah. was the one thing I was like, I felt like they should have either done it or not done it. They should have either had Mallory not see her at all and it'd be a misinterpretation. But for her to be like, I saw a blonde woman and I didn't because you can't fault Mallory for that unless she's lying. Well, we'll get we'll get there. But yeah, yeah. I didn't think Mallory did anything wrong. So <laughs> I, I think the bigger issue is that she's known Kate for over a year and didn't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. All right, so this episode unfolds approximately October 3rd, 93, 94, 95. It's got to be so weird that some of these things are just like, hey, remember when this happened a fucking year ago? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Very specifically. I know my sister was saying that she's like, isn't it a little weird that everything significant happened in like yearly intervals? Yeah. No. Oh, I love the show. Um, so we get like yeah, so- opening arguments basically in court here in 95. With Denise and I don't I don't think I've ever heard Kate's lawyer's name. Not that I care, but this guy, he like he kind of looks like the um I can't remember like the major from the wire. I can't remember the guy's name, Rawls. Like, but not quite. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm like inclined to like dislike him just because his general profile. This guy's whole affect is your badge and your gun, you're off the case. Yeah. <laughs> but they're basically just giving their opening arguments about you know what this case is about it's about the truth and you know miss turner is suing miss wallace for defamation but the burden of proof is on her blah 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 and we see them uh arriving in separate cars i like how uh they arrive in a black and a white car kate is in the the all black car and jeanette's in the white car and they kind of see each other i don't know how realistic that is but yeah yeah it's like a western uh the the lawyer or the journalist just like swarming over their cars like horny for quotes one of them just yells you're brave kate um join rod in the front seat i mean i think there's one super crime in this episode not enough rod wallace oh like there's all. Yeah, barely well, any yeah that's that is the thing that i had an issue with this this episode is i felt like so many people were missing mm-hmm. at least we got a little bit of rod at least we got a little bit of uh joy wallace but we didn't get any of ashley we didn't get any of no derek and ashley like what happens there you know right exactly no no renee and tenille yeah it it felt like kind of narrowed down a little and and 
the story. Yeah, I felt like if they <laughs> needed another scene. episode mm-hmm. yeah. in there. Derek and Ashley scene is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, but are, we might never get it. I mean, no. I, yeah, I, I actually kind of two, hope we... when somehow they all end up at the same college. And, no, and I don't want mystery. that at all. <laughs> I don't want that. I want, I mean, look, look, listen, I'll be thrilled with whatever they decide to do because it means there's going to be more of the show, which we know there will be. I just, I so want this to be an anthology series. Yeah. I want it to be like the center where maybe there's some overlap. Maybe we see Kate again. I never want to see Jeanette's face again. Oh, wow. Period. Oh, Period. But what? Can, what? No, no, how, how would great. you feel about it's Olivia Holt and Kiara Aurelia and they're just playing different characters? I would like that. I've no, uh, no, but issue just them, with right? Actors. I feel like that's almost too many actors to to bring back in a troupe, but I would, I'm going to be the Jeanette apologist 100% throughout no. all of this. No, yes, no. yes. Mark no. is going to be the one who's like, did Jeanette really do anything wrong? You know, she <laughs> yeah. made a mistake. This is what I've been telling my friend. He's angry at me for supporting Jeanette. I'm just like, she made a mistake. And, uh, you know, maybe she, she feels bad about mis- it. She did not make a mistake. She did not make a mistake. <laughs> Um, I actually spoke to the showrunner about compartmentalization. You know, yeah, and uh, no, I think the showrunner is wrong. <laughs> I was like, "Do you think Jeanette's a villain or something?" And she was like, "You know, no, I think she made she pulled a Marco. <laughs> like, I think she, you know, made a mistake and really doubled down on it." And I was like, "And I think someone who made her, <laughs> you are really no, she's a villain." She is a villain. She's 100% a villain. There's no excuse for what she did. But more so, if it was what she did in the moment, and then, okay, you know what? We're going to get there because I have feelings. <laughs> so I don't want to I don't want to distract the podcast with my rants yet. Yet. I, I was going to say, to your point, I would argue that the, the Sinner-esque anthology, she's the Bill Pullman character. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Jeanette, Jeanette is Tom Ripley would be. Just Jeanette the sociopath oh. going around yes. causing yes. trouble. She's, she's American Elizabeth Salander with less hacking. I look, look, I just don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see like, I, when I say I don't want to see Jeanette again, I guess I should clarify. I don't want to see her be redeemed. Mm. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't okay. want it to be like a, oh, but like you, what you didn't know was that she called the police and they didn't believe her or something like that. Like, I don't want to see, like, I know, like, I want that to be the villain thing that, you know, she's Tom Ripley strangling the mm-hmm. dude from smash on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so yeah, yeah, I, I do have a theory see. about her calling the police. Hey, Tommy, how's the <laughs> peeping? I, I, that is like my favorite movie. Like, I That's love, a... love the talented Mr. Ripley. So, obviously, the show is a big deal for me. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, I highly recommend if you guys like the show, read the book Genuine Fraud, which mm-hmm. is a woman version of the talented Mr. Ripley, nice, told in reverse. Um, and it's so good and I love it. So, and you cruel summer fans, this is your Wait, book. Are you saying cruel summer, uh, book club? Okay. I mean, I look, if we wanted to start that, I would have to read more, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think we should, <laughs> I think we should do it. It'd be really, I have a couple of books that okay. are very perfect for the cruel summer fan. So, yeah. 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 So they're both in their cars staring at each other. We hear, uh, Jeanette's lawyer saying Miss Wallace's lie transformed Miss Turner uh, into America's punching bag. And then it cuts to 1993 and it's just this uh, kind of domestic bliss scene with Martin Harris and Kate there brushing their teeth together. And he he does like the little like hip check thing to her, like, you know, like uh, affectionately. And it's, man, it just flashed back to how uncomfortable that whole last episode was. 
Also, the sinister height difference between these two. Mm-hmm. And the mirrors again. They're like yeah. shot up against the mirror. So there's two of them. Well, and, and so Denise's voiceover, like, this isn't a case about the crimes of disturbed kidnapper. And in this flashback, Martin is just like smiling so big at Kate and she's smiling back. This show is like darkly funny. <laughs> it's it's editing. Yeah, we see Jeanette making out at, with uh, Jamie at the roller rink and um kind of on just, her birthday yeah we find out that uh, they're soon the walls family for 11 million dollars for what kate did on tv and uh and we go to credits here it's all about who you trust and who you believe mm-hmm. i have a quick question for you guys and i haven't could have googled this but didn't i thought that when you sued someone that it, the money didn't come necessarily from them do you know what i mean who would by it that? come from <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i thought it Maybe this is only for like if you got into like a car accident or something, but if you sue someone, I thought part of it was like your insurance took care of it. Well, but I realize that doesn't make any I sense. I guess it would depend per- on if personal you personal liability. If, yeah. if you had yeah. some sort of an insurance, it would cover that, I guess. Yeah. Right. Is there defamation insurance? Because that, right. that would uh, go over big. I mean, newspapers I, probably have something like that, maybe. Right. But. Well, I know if you have a corporation. Mm-hmm like limited liability and all that yeah right but i guess i was just like what's the big deal (laughs) then it's like oh no i guess i guess when you sue someone that is taking their money and that's the point of it um did rod wallace not make more than 11 million in his career i don't know right it's yeah not that that's like a small amount of money but like do they have like exactly 11 million dollars money is different like in this point because i remember we we did can't hardly wait on the podcast years ago or months ago and it was like this character at the end credit thing was like he's worth 30 million dollars now we're (laughs) like that's not a ton in 2021 that's like right like it's i mean it's you know it's more than i have but yeah right it's like you know it's like twice what i have yeah but like, (laughs) like um you know i think that that she could have gone bigger or unless I don't know, maybe he's worth like $14 million. Well, here's the gross thing about it too. And, and Denise talks about your fucking capitalism. This she's just like, it's all based on Jeanette's lifetime earning potential. Oh, I thought that too. Yeah. I thought, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, so, it's like aiming high. for yeah. Jeanette. But like, uh, okay. Oh, so if like rent and all this other shit was in the way I could make $11 million in life. Awesome. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, if you try that by 50 years that you might live, but only if like Seems 30 like of lot. them would be working, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I know mean, she's 40. pulling down like a hundred grand a year. That's still 10 years for a million. So yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know if we're the best people to tackle actuarial <laughs> tables. of. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Jeanette could have been a, a aerospace engineer. I don't know. It sure. makes a lot she of money. Could be a great lawyer. I mean, yeah. She's a yeah. liar and a villainous <laughs> figure. So whatever job that is, super villain. Yes. Yeah, after the credits, it's 1994. Later. We see that Kate is dressed in the uh, outfit she'll be Pretty wearing nice. for the interview, the TV interview. And there's this great line where the mom's her mom says, you, "Your look radiates integrity and elegance." And Kate's like, "You picked it out." And it's it's almost like accusing, like like how how could it radiate you know integrity when you picked it out? Yeah. And she she does have the pearls on, which I know. She got pearls from Martin uh, when you know on Christmas Eve or whatever that Christmas Day. A lot of Reddit theories I saw about this doesn't really like. There's no reference to it. I mean, I don't know. You can you can assume that maybe she's somehow thinking of Martin 
because she's wearing the pearls, but she took those particular ones off before he locked her she, up. Yeah, though, she right? takes them off. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a different necklace, but it's, it's sort of something just yeah subconscious. Mm-hmm. That or she's just really sad about Bruce Wayne's mom. You guys mm-hmm. like, um, yeah. So the, in this green room, of course, you've got you've got Joy and you've got not enough Rod Wallace here. Um, and I just love that Kate has just had of her mom's shit. Like she cut her hair right before this. Um, I kind of wish we'd gotten a little bit more of this. Like what exactly set Kate off? You know, like, was there anything else that like happened to her that day? Like, I was kind of hoping we'd get more about like the day leading up to this interview to be mm. like, what, what was it specifically where Kate was just like, fuck it. I'm going to name Jeanette Turner, even though they've told me not to. But I don't feel like you can go back in season two if they continue these same characters. No, I feel I like so. you've got to let some of this stay in the past now. The one thing I didn't really understand, and I know that, you know, on Christmas we saw that Kate and Kate sees her parents and they look happy, but like, I never really understood. Look, if you were, Joy sucks. Rod is amazing. But if you saw, you know, if you were mad at your mom and then you were held in captivity for like almost a year, would you still be like so salty with your mom? Like, I don't know. I don't want to be like, you know. I just felt like you don't want to question the victim, but like I feel like Joy right, is not yeah. not endearing herself post captivity either. True, true. I guess it's also like Joy. Why are you being this way as yeah. well? Like it's kind of like why are I guess more so Joy is behaving in a way that is eliciting this reaction. But like, like Joy, you just your daughter was like kidnapped for like right. nine months. Joy maybe knows her daughter a little bit better, better than uh, we thought. She was like, you need a villain and. Mm-hmm. find out in this yeah. episode she kind of created we one. saw but we saw joy essentially manipulating her daughter into this and i appreciate this scene just because we see the aftermath where you know joy is like we got sued because you went off script in this fucking interview and i love the case she's like yeah because i'm not a fucking puppet like i feel like yeah. this is what kate's reacting to is the way she's being handled she's being controlled she's gonna fuck shit up yeah and she was controlled for so long i guess by yeah. martin so mm-hmm. it's sort of now it's a new villain yeah, by everyone, so. by Mallory, yeah. by Ashley, by everyone right. but Rod Wallace, that sweet mm-hmm. prince. Yeah, totally, so no, totally. We see the interview and then we cut to Greg and Jeanette are watching it at home. And when uh, Kate starts the uh, to the girl who stayed silent speech, like <laughs> Jeanette, like leans forward uh, as as she like names her directly. I like how Greg is the one who's just like, hey, she can't she can't name you like that. That's illegal. You know, so yeah. maybe now we see maybe why he's supporting this lawsuit, because he's just like, you can't do that. I like that he throws in, she can't name you like that legally, as mm-hmm. if like, hey, we, the audience, need a reminder, this is a defamation suit. <laughs> yeah, and then after the interview, Kate just like storms back and like throws her uh, headband that Joy put on in the trash. And they're like, why did you do that? And she's just like, yeah, my turn, I guess. Yeah, because Rod says, honey, you broke the law. Mm-hmm. And she throws that headband away. And then Jeanette cuts her hair. Now, she didn't really cut her hair for this, right? Like it looks no. so much better than the wig, though. Like I don't know what it is. God, I not. I really. I hope not. <laughs> like her, her hair here looks better than the wig that she's wearing. She has in ninety five long hair now. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it would be as long as it is now. Yeah, especially as as Elliot Smith's needle in the hay starts playing as she's mm-hmm. like cutting her hair like this. Yeah, I didn't uh, get why she did that. I'm gonna be honest. Like they didn't really. I mean, I, me I a good reason. I think you could that. infer some sort of either weird calculation on her part, or maybe just like a a self loathing, destroying know, like her reminding her yeah. reminding her of you know what she did. 
as we'll see. see at the end of the episode. Uh, no, no, no. I disagree. I do not think Kate is up. Uh, not Kate. I don't think Jeanette. I think she does. No, I, she I does. think there not? are moments when yeah, she you does. can see. <sighs> no. So I rewatched no. the pilot for this. The way that she rewinds the rod in hell, I feel like it's like she's got that self-loving heroin and she's just jamming that needle back into her vein over and over again. She might get off on the, no. the self-loving a little bit. You guys give her too much credit. I, I don't think this is self-loathing at all. We at were talking all. in an earlier episode. I think it's when Cindy confronts her. And it's like you can tell that she's holding on to something. That there's some sort of guilt. And we're just not mm. sure what it is. So I, I do think it's there. I don't think she's like completely stone cold. Yeah. I guess I guess my thing, and I guess we'll get there later. But I don't think that she is self-loathing in the sense that she's like, I'm so ashamed of what I did because I think if she was ashamed of what she did she would not be doubling down this hard on Kate ruined she's, my life like blah 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 like all this stuff that I think she's pissed because she did everything in her power to get this life she did everything in her power to become the Kate like figure she thinks she deserves that And I think that it's not self-loathing. I think she is pissed that it didn't work out when she put so much time and effort into it. I think it's more of a pity party as opposed to a man, I really deserve this. Let me take my lumps, even if I can't like announce it. I I think you guys giving her too much credit. And I can't believe that this (laughs) is a genetic apologist podcast right now. The word you're looking for is consequences, right? She right. But I I think I think you're allowed to be furious about the consequences even if you deserve them and i also think it's hilarious though that like she knows she knows that what she's being accused of is not the actual thing that she did and there's something ironically fucked up about that that i kind of love but the counterpoint that that i think you especially feel this almost sociopathic bent from Jeanette is because we see the fucking apology tour of jamie of all mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Like Jamie of all people is just like, hey, everyone, there's no excuse for what I did, but I just want you to know I'm sorry. And yeah. like, you know, Jeanette's yeah. just like, fuck you, bitch. I'd do it again. Right. And that's the thing that drives me crazy because I'm like, she's not going to get, there's no, there's no way now if this is a season, in season two, Jeanette will never be punished without it nope. completely derailing everything. What if Jeanette or, gets kidnapped? Oh, man. So after the book Gone Girl came out, a lot of people were writing like, ooh, if there was a sequel, like what would the sequel be? And a lot of people were like, well, what if Amy got kidnapped for real? And I'm like, no, I don't want that. Like, no. I know this is a complete yeah. story. Like, yeah. we don't need, like, I don't need you to be like, and then she's the victim. You certainly, I'm like, sad to say, you certainly don't need to see potentially Kate Wallace again. No, you don't. Not, not that no. I think she gets the happiest of endings, but like, she, she has a she has an open road ahead of her. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Though it'd be uh, <laughs> in that final scene of big side swipe Which I actually that. like Jeanette coming rolling in. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I forgive you. <laughs> and then like, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what I was thinking would happen. Happy it didn't. But Jeanette's like, I only meant to hit Mallory. If I hit both of you, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> 
collateral damage. That Jeanette doesn't give a fuck about anybody else being collateral damage. That's why she's such a bad person. I, I think the other way you can do it, though, is, is if we get four seasons of Jeanette and she's accumulated a whole bunch of sins, mm-hmm. then you can do the breakdown where she can like finally face her like lifetime of, of misdeeds. But yeah, I think in season two... Man, I hope Jeanette... You got to leave some of the of season one stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just so ready for season two, Jeanette goes to college. <laughs> oh man there sorry would she go to college like, though i feel like i feel like uh, she needs to shoot bigger yeah i think she's gonna become like a crazy celebrity type yeah be on the surreal life sort of situation <laughs> well, that's like the third that part go of in the real world is the media yeah. like like the media ha- like whatever the show's about if it's an anthology or whatever it's gotta be like the media's gotta be a huge part of it and like how we prosecute girls because that's the best part of the the interview with with tia mm-hmm. napolitano is the this is the pressure we put on young women and this is how the media like because i mean jeanette gets it i mean whatever we're gonna yeah. get to the well, end but like speaking, jeanette gets a thing that no one gets it's like the apology from the media speaking of the media uh after we see jeanette Ken in her hair we see the kind of shot of the the two girls like going out from the courthouse and all the press is there like yelling in their faces like how the one person is just like do you think 11 million's greedy or something like that yeah, um, but, but they both just go get in their cars and then cut to uh, Jeanette and Jamie. Well, this is a Jeanette is adorably confused by all this attention. Mm-hmm. Like she's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, cut to or Jeanette and Jamie. Or is she? Yeah, sitting on the hood <laughs> of Jamie's car, I guess. Yeah, like a convertible here, and they're doing a little hand stuff, and she's talking about how like you know, okay, they're holding likes hands. her, and he's like, I like you. You're they're not calling that hand stuff. <laughs> That's not what hand stuff means. I feel like we have to acknowledge that. Um, yeah. Post, <laughs> they're holding hands. Post PLL hashtag hand stuff. Mm-hmm. They're holding hands. Well, yeah. She thinks nobody likes her and he's like, well, I like you. So they're they're a couple again. They're back together. How nice for them. How nice for them. I mean, a fine fine i don't care I, it's <laughs> fine let yeah. them let them be jamie doesn't really deserve anything either so no but i mean i think i think we were expecting them all to get back we were expecting the two of them to yeah get back who's one of you guys said they were end game okay, okay. not Marker. that i'm rooting for mm-hmm. <laughs> not that i was rooting for them to end game but i was saying i think the show was painting them as as end game yeah, yeah. poor we jamie out, <laughs> well jamie this is this is the best thing that ever happened to jamie Jamie's not going to do sad. better in life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then we see Kate uh, in 95 talking to Baronicky 4 on her little chat. And any tips for the whole court thing? And Baronicky 4 is like, choose your words carefully. Uh, there's a bit here where she calls her like, you know, you got this debate team captain. I'm like, oh, is that like, is she going to be like, how did you know I was a debate captain? But no, that, that doesn't go anywhere. I, I am a little amazed. I understand why no it works room. for the show, mm-hmm. but like it, it doesn't really make sense that Kate is like, "Hey, I'm Kate Wallace from the news." Mm-hmm. Like, and here's, you know, here is uh, all of this information that would be sharing with a stranger sensitive. on the internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like it kind of would make more sense, I think, if Kate hid her identity a bit more. Yeah. Um, so being like my kidnapper, Martin Harris, maybe you've heard of him from the news. Um, you know, she was like, you know, I was because ki- what's her face? Um, Ashley knows. Sorry, I like Ashley. I don't mean to mm-hmm. be like, what's her face? But she knows that it is her sister. But there's no reason why Kate needs to, like, disclose. Well, to be fair, a-, a year later, like Ashley's been catfishing Kate, essentially, like 
a year later, that friendship, that online friendship might have developed into like, okay, so I haven't told anyone else this in the chat room, but I'm I'm the Kate Wallace. You don't need to Google me. Yeah. Maury, Maury Povich and Connie Chung are talking about me. Yet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just for the show. It's like, you know why it had to happen this way. Well, yeah, know? but like, like James saying, like, there's just, there'd be no room to like, press to get into the debate team captain or whatever. Cause we don't even see yeah. Ashley, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the show needed to be 12 episodes long, two more episodes. And I feel like we would have been really clear about a lot of stuff, mm. but I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. where it ended, but two more episodes I would have really liked. I think this episode is great considering all the shit that they that we find out they ultimately did need to work into it. Yeah. Including yeah. a twist. Yeah, so we get a brief yeah. scene of uh, Greg finding Jeanette up at night eating some ice cream out of the uh, thing so he gets a spoon too. This is uh, this is like they're almost normal. They're almost like pilot Jeanette and Greg again because mm-hmm. he straight up says, Doodlebug, what are you still doing up? And it's like you were like drink. You were drunk at noon yeah. last time we yeah. saw you, Greg. Yeah, yeah. And Very like, confident about this lawsuit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, you know, you can still talk to me, and she's like, yeah, Dad, I do. And so, happy little moment with them. And then it is time for the trial. Kate is on the stand. Kate looks. I don't know something about the makeup in '95. She looks like much older here. Um, yeah, I guess contrasts you. Also, like her the look. the '95 washed out look mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily do a lot of people a lot of favors. I think she looks cool. She does look cool, yeah. but I mean, like, you have a, a very glamorous looking cast here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like everybody with a little bit of like a dark, sunken 90s mm-hmm. eye kind of thing. <laughs> well, I mean, so. like, Mallory looks like the crow for, for all of her <laughs> the blonde crow. Yeah. I didn't think that was so wrong of an <laughs> assessment, but she she her makeup is always done so aggressively that anytime it's like a darker filter it does feel like okay maybe like a little bit much well, but. like i saw the behind the scenes pictures from like the freeway scene or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. that's a pretty normal shade of red that looks black yeah on screen totally when no, she's it definitely like does. made up like a scarecrow <laughs> oh. yeah so kate says we get kind of her official version of events is that uh, martin harris offered her right home she got in the car and drank the drug soda that he gave her, and she passed out and woke up in his basement. Obviously, we know that is not true. And this is also Kate, the dun 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 hostile witness. Mm-hmm. And then the lawyer is going to pull out their secret silver bullet, this chat transcript. There's an objection about this, and she says it's for impeachment purposes, Your Honor. And the judge is just like overruled. That's fine. I don't really know what this means legally, but sure. So. You have to share all of your evidence and discovery yeah, prior to the case. I learned that from my cousin Vinny. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, the two Utes. But like everyone has to be operating on the same page here. And I was like, is this possible? Way to go fucking Denise. Like he's slam dunk on the judge and everything. Well, I just also wondered, like, didn't they have to authenticate like yeah. these chat yeah. records and stuff? Because he prints them out. So like... Yeah, what if Kate was like, what the fuck is like, I, mean, I don't know what you're trying like, Kate, she played it wrong. Kate's lawyer yeah. could just you know? be like, This is absurd. You know, you've brought in this chat transcript. We don't know where it came from. You know, you're right. badgering my witness, whatever. Yeah. And, and Denise is like, No, we subpoenaed Alta Vista or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or GeoCities. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I, hey, again. I do love you the know, way <laughs> Kate's voice shifts when she's asked, like, you know, what is this show? And she says it's a printed chat log between two screen names. But, like, she, her voice has gotten so small and quiet. Like, you can tell she's gutted to see this. Aww. I 
when 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 she's supposed to read the two screen names and she says bear nikki four i wanted the lawyer to be like oh i thought it was bernice mm-hmm. okay. right i know because that's how it's spelled it's yeah. spelled like bernice who wouldn't pronounce it bernice yeah unless you knew the also myth or this scene is nicole bilderback's fucking moment to shine like denise is great in this scene like she's just feeling yeah. herself yeah, and Kate, I mean, it's it's like she's being betrayed all over again. She kind of does this thing, Olivia Holt, with her acting here, as though it's though she's like kind of like crawling inside of herself, like kind of like just it's like she's just experiencing the, the pain and torment again, you know, and she's like being forced to like read this transcript. It's like well it's like she just has to take it. She has she has a little bit of a catchphrase that she does in a couple episodes. When Denise is asking her to reiterate, this is what you said to the cops. This is what you're saying here under sworn oath. Whenever Kate is asked a question that she's not sure she understands why she's being asked, she's always like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) But she she does here. And it's like, Kate, you're stepping into this bear trap. Oh, I feel bad for Kate, but she played it all wrong. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so she has to just read through the transcript about her going to Martin Harris's willingly and saying, you know, it'd make them question my whole story if they found out about this. And like, do you recall this or should I call you, you know, trauma Rama 79 and Kate just has uh, to sit there and take it. Poor Kate, but also, mm, yeah, every, I know poor Kate period, but just every, this lawsuit was ill-advised. Yeah. She did not have to be here. Yeah. Probably should have just settled. Fuck Jeanette. <laughs> Here's my yeah. question about lawsuits. So, so Kate is countersuing Jeanette. We find out earlier. Is, is this the same trial? Yeah, it's mentioned earlier in the okay. show. Like, is this? A, can you do that all in one thing? I think so. I think. You I can do say that. Have no idea. Okay. I mean, because yeah, like, hey, no idea. Taxpayers of Texas, we're just going to do this both of these at one time. It's a twofer. <laughs> right. Right. I would think. I would think. Yeah. But does that mean if they lose a lawsuit, they automatically win a countersuit? You know? uh, good, good question. I mean, that would be that would be yeah, exhibit A in your countersuit, right? I, th- I think right. they just like, like kind of do both cases together and like you know give a ruling on it. But uh, after the commercial, Kate's getting kind of you know lectured by her lawyer. It's just like you know like this blows up our case. You know, I did some digging. It was your sister using the screen name Bernicky for, and so. Another betrayal for Kate as she like realizes that Berenike is Ashley. Unfortunately, we don't like, really get a scene I, with them. To, but back on the stand, she does that that Eisenberg and Social Network slash Frank TJ Mackey, like I'm sitting here silently judging you face. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love Olivia Holt in the show. I'm sorry. I wish that Kayla? we got a scene. Well, I was just going to say, I wish that we got a scene of Joy and Rod learning that she went to Martin's house willingly. I think you kind of see joy in the background of the one scene, just being like, what, you know, but like, yeah, yeah, but like the lawyer has this great, like be cool duck face. Yeah. Like (laughs) it just felt like, like that would have been such a scene that we really should have gotten because so much of the reason why she went to Martin's house was because of how she felt treated by her mom. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see like that emotional moment where she's like, you went to like, like joy. I want joy to like slap her or something <laughs> like almost like out of like Ouch. heartbreak. I know not like actually, but she slapped her over lust. So yeah. like, and just, you know, because I feel like joy wouldn't understand that. And then Kate would have to be like, I felt he was able to take advantage of me. 
and then that would kind of tie back into the whole Annabelle story where it was like all these people are complicit the parents are complicit you know it's like why did you let this man I guess we kind of had something similar earlier in the season it just feels like this This I could think, have been like a two-hour yeah. episode you know well also yeah, like it back in the truncated. 90s Back in the 90s, you know, I was never kidnapped. I was never sued or suing anyone. But like, you know, if we right. had any kind of family <laughs> situation, my parents weren't letting goth Eddie Haskell come and hang out with me. Like, I, I was shocked when like Mallory walks in. I mean, granted, Kate needs a friend or whatever. But like, I was like, I would have thought like Joy had been like, no, no, this is the one time I put my foot down. You're not coming <laughs> to my house right now. We're, we're dealing with some Guys. shit. Mallory, Mallory really deserves your apologies All right. personally. We'll, we'll so. get to Mallory. Uh, <laughs> so the lawyer is like, if there's anything else you're not telling me, I need to know. And Kate just kind of looks at him, kind of still defiant. And then this is like the one time they kind of close another thread other than the, mm. the main threads of the show. We cut to Jamie walking into somebody's uh, bedroom. Whose is it? It's Ben's. Ben. Ben's trying to play guitar. Definitely seems like Ben's done a little bit Aww. of redecorating. It's not all football in here anymore. <laughs> now he's oh, a guitar guy. <laughs> this this episode has a lot because it needs it of just people are just showing up in their friend's home, like outside their bedroom. Like they're just walking in. <laughs> yeah. Jamie has yes, such extreme uh, Jason Priestley vibes here. <laughs> yeah. He really honestly feels like he could have been a 90s actor. Mm-hmm. Like really. Like I feel like Freud. Gutierrez mm-hmm. said his name. Yeah, please. Totally so. not sure, but um, also okay. I'm going to say something kind of controversial. Oh, it's yeah. not. I don't think it's whatever. But Ooh. did anyone else feel like the Vince and Ben storyline? While look, would die for them. They're so cute. I love them. Ship it. End game. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I felt like it was like at the end of the day, it needed like a bigger punch or something. Like I yeah. felt like, like it just kind of felt like it the conclusion was yay they're back together this show about a lot of things with this show where it's a message show it never really goes full sensational like you know like it's like the the real explanation for things is always more grounded and kind of depressing and sad rather than like you know like i guess more of what i meant was it felt like it just didn't hit a big punch for me like it felt Mm. like like it felt, it felt like this thread was not um, like every time I was watching the show, I honestly was like, oh, right. Ben and Vince are like dating. Like it never like I, you know, I watched the show pretty closely and it never felt that um, like it always felt like. And now to this part of the show, like it never quite like they tried to kind of incorporate it into like the Jeanette thing and like leave it in there. But I never it never really felt like it was part of the same thread to me. I think and there's I there's definitely why. a message to this show that either the question is, did somebody sit down and say, like, I want to write a show and depict grooming as a bad thing, or is it like, do I have this plot? And someone else is like, we're only going to depict this show if we're going to ever going to have Sylvia the therapist narrate that grooming is bad, right? Um, <laughs> right. And and I mean, like Vince has the fucking line of their storyline where he's just like yeah you don't need to tell me man i'm black i'm gay and i live in texas like i fucking know what it's like yeah yeah yes exactly i mean i loved i like i i feel like they had a good storyline in a different show like i feel like this show didn't pay enough attention to it and then once Mm -hmm. it came around again i was like oh okay like 
I, I felt like it, it could have used a little bit more like attention or something. Well, I think with Vince, it's like he split down the middle. Is he the guy that follows Jeanette into the basement and says, how many times you've been coming down here? And like, I'm going to distract mm-hmm. reporters for you. Or is he the guy who has, I mean, he should have both, but like the show doesn't have enough real estate for him to, to deal with both right. his relationship and hers. Yeah. But, like uh, Mallory is a part of everything. Vince kind of feels like let's give him a story to give him a story almost. You know, and he can handle it, and it's like a cute romance kind of thing, and I do like it, but I I felt like it needed like a, Mm -hmm. it needed like a more like threaded into the story. I think. Well, but also I think you could make the argument that Vince did Jamie a huge favor. Um, The first was the first day of school of '94, where he's just like, you need to fucking like check yourself. You're not, you don't, you're not allowed to check up on Jeanette. You you're responsible for this punch in the face. I mean, granted that led to to Jamie doing some fucked up shit to like Ben and what have you. But I mean, like it might've also set Jamie on the right path to recognizing his, his privilege and what have you. And so Jamie's returning the favor by trying to fix their relationship. The question is, is Jamie observant enough to be like, Hey Ben, everyone knows you're gay. Like everyone. Or did you, I, I assume that Jeanette told him. Yeah. So let me, let me just get to the actual scene we're talking about here is where he shows up <laughs> at Ben's place and he says, you know, I'm sorry. I take full, responsibility for what happened and ben's just like well great jamie you can go now you know and then jamie says you know vince fuller didn't do anything wrong and they kind of like you know you see ben kind of like freeze and it's like oh wow he knows about that and they kind of share a look and i'm going to assume that jeanette told him you know about this and how like you need to go make good with ben um but it's it's a nice moment and they they don't say anything they just kind of you know jamie smiles at him and leaves very jason priestley-esque and then Jamie holds up a thing of Mentos and smiles. <laughs> Freeze frame. Uh, yeah, and then Kate's room, we see some of her chats of uh, Baronicky 4, and Ashley wants her sister to call. And Kate, we see this typed in all caps, of course. How could you do this to me? It's just and weird then, that we never really get a resolution to that. I don't know. Yeah. It feels and like the uh, like two-hour episode finale. Like, you could have gotten a lot of that in there. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Kramer pops into Jerry's apartment here. No, I'm kidding. It's Mallory. And she's just like, holy shit, Ashley's Baron Nikki, are you sure? And Mallory should have been like, wow, everyone's keeping huge secrets from you, Kate, including me. I love that Kate says I'm bugging out, Mal. It's, it's so 90s, so clueless. It yeah. is. It's so cute. Well, okay, question. Mm-hmm. Clueless didn't come out until, I, think, I thought, I think Clueless was 95. It's either 95 or 96. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 95 because then Scream is the next year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's 95. It was released. I thought Scream um, was 97. Isn't Scream 96, like winter 96? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That changes a lot for me. I thought it was 97. I just believe that Clueless (laughs) is the etymology of of pop culture using the term going postal in a movie. I mean, obviously. Really? Going postal. But I I don't know about that because there's like Seinfeld jokes about that, aren't there? About going postal? I don't think that they're making jokes about Newman bringing a gun Mm. to work. But uh, so Clues was released July 19th, 1995. So presumably they, they saw it that summer and they weren't watching Clerks. Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Kate's, you know, obviously upset about this whole reveal with Ashley. And, you know, she's like, oh, Ashley said she did it because, you know, she thought I, you know, needed somebody to talk to. And Mallory's like, that sounds nice because obviously she's got uh, some guilt of her own here. The Kate thing is great, though. She's like, I thought I found someone like me who'd been through hell and back and survived. I felt like I was like chatting with myself in the future. 
And mm-hmm. again, there's a certain counterpoint though, which obviously what Mallory and Jeanette did is way different. But they're both what did like, Mallory do? <laughs> they're both sitting on not coming clean about something. Like, you know, Mallory could have said something right here. Mallory watched Jeanette twist in the wind for months and didn't say mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that what out there. What is wrong with you people? But Mallory, yeah, okay, Mallory okay, yeah. doesn't know yeah. that Jeanette secretly did know Kate was down there. As far as Mallory knows, she, you know, she knew that Jeanette no, broke in that I one totally, time. She knew no, once totally Kate was disagree. rescued, she could have told Kate as soon as they became friends. No, I'm just saying no, no, no. they're both guilty of the same crime to different degrees. They are not. Different <laughs> degrees. If they are being to to quote Taylor Swift quoting Madeline Albright, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So Bring it on. Come on. Let's, let's, just, let's just unpack that. As far as Mallory knows, I could be her lawyer if I mm-hmm. if I knew anything about the law. As far as Mallory knows, okay, this is I unless you don't believe what Mallory is saying, which you know, I guess the show believes Mallory, you know, the show is, I believe, telling the truth. So let's not question that. Mallory saw a blonde woman in Martin's house. That's it. She She says she realized the moment Kate was rescued, she realized what must have been happening. Right. So what I'm saying is that at some point in their friendship over the course of a year, prior to Jeanette working it out for Kate, Mallory could have said, I knew it was you. I didn't say anything. I mia culpa, mia culpa, mia culpa. Like, like that's that's but, what I'm saying. No, 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 I, right. She, but is that so much? I think what she was saying is the truth because Kate never told Mallory that she wasn't in the basement. Well, that's we don't we know, know what Kate has told her. That that's kind of the the gray area. Exactly. We know that Mallory is privy to a lot of the uh, she conversations. Implies, no, no, hold on, no, real quick. We know that that Mallory is privy to a lot of the uh, the recordings. Uh, with the therapist she's listened to at least some of them and kate has seemingly told the truth of the therapist so we don't really know how much mallory knows of what what, like the official story that kate is putting out is versus like what the the real story is there okay so what later on when mallory says i assumed that this woman that i saw was either martin harris's sister or girlfriend and kate says you were half right that's when she's finding out like officially but yeah, she doesn't know exactly what the deal is, but she knows that there's something there and she could have told Kate. And I'm saying that's not the same thing remotely to like, hey, help, I'm trapped in a basement, let me out, and Mallory backing away. It's not that, no, but no, no. she could have told her friend something. Okay, so I don't disagree with you that she could have said something. However, clearly Kate has some trauma that we know of. For sure. Right? Um, some trauma. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, she has... a. It's more so than her just being kidnapped. There's something that there's a there's a deeper secret that she's trying to keep. Mm-hmm. So I think if Mallory was like, you know, Kate, I wasn't going to say anything, but I did see you come to think of it. I did see you upstairs. I don't think Kate was really ready to have that conversation with her or anyone, because I think that that would, you know, that's her unpacking. I did go to his house willingly at first. He had groomed me kind of from the beginning. That's all fair. I don't think she's ready. That's all fair. To I don't think lying that. though, or, or lies of omission. Like, and plus I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's Mallory's choice. Well, no, here's, here's, here's the lie of omission. Maybe she's trying to be sensitive about Kate's situation, right. but she's doing it at the expense of Jeanette. Who's just getting like dragged through yeah. the mud. 
when but, she knows that the official story is not true. Like she knows that Kate was upstairs and, at Christmas. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. so, but she also knows, she doesn't know that Kate saw Jeanette at Christmas, right? But, like she, she, but the official Kate story says, that Kate oh, says, December. Kate, Kate yeah. says it was around Christmas. And Jeanette had, like, like I think Mallory knows when when Kate gets rescued, oh, man, she was there. That was the girl I saw upstairs. Plus, so she knows that Kate Jeanette is lying. Up, and she knows that Jeanette is getting dragged through the mud. And she's basically like, well, fuck Jeanette. But, I'm just going to let well, that but once, slide. But once Jeanette shows up for that snow globe, three months before this episode takes place in 95, Mallory <laughs> definitely knows. Mallory's not an idiot. She's put together the pieces by that point and then, at least. But I, That's why she's not showing the chair that- in the snow globe. Don't you also think that that Mallory knows Jeanette has been breaking in over and over and over again yeah. to the house and that it's possible that that Jeanette I mean, and Kate did see each other? But she didn't say anything Do you know what it. I mean? You know, she, yeah. she could have told Kate that. Or asked a question. She could have had a conversation that could have led to this. I mean, like I said, I'm right. I, half of my giving Mallory shit isn't just because I do think on one hand she's a very toxic person. And I think she's a toxic I, yeah, person. I, yeah. I think she's a toxic person because I think at her core, there's some hurt. There's some pain. I think I absolutely get why she's in therapy of Sylvia. And I, and I think that she's perfect for the show because she's so complicated and makes wrong decisions. Um, well, I guess. Okay. So I see, I, I kind of see how if I was Jeanette, well, I don't know. I think that Mallory, let's say Mallory was like team Jeanette. Okay. There's no way for her to go to the police and be like, look, I saw Kate in the window or I saw someone in the window. I, now I realize it was Kate um, in Martin's house while Jeanette was breaking in because it still is like Jeanette broke into the house. So that's not helping Jeanette, not helping Kate. So I guess I don't really see her. I, I guess I guess this is my thing. I was hoping that the secret would be Mallory saw Kate, knew it was Kate, and chose not to say anything because she hated Kate. And then mm. that guilt weighed on her once they became I feel like friends. That's better, and if personally. that was the case, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, I think that would have made, I mean, it would have definitely made Mallory more of the villain. Um, but if she was like, oh my God, Kate sucks so much, of course she would do this. She's probably having an affair with Martin, you know, the teacher, and and that's just who she is. She's like a whatever and i could see like a jealous teenage girl interpreting it that way um you know and not realizing that she was kidnapped because teenage girls you know are kids and don't always know as we know from this whole grooming storyline this version of it i feel like is like i i don't I don't put any blame on Mallory. All right, well, let's, I don't know. let's hold off on this <laughs> conversation because I feel on, like part yeah. of this is going to come up later when we actually get to that. Let scene. me just yeah, say one well, thing that yeah. we'll be we'll it touch will. on later, but I think the issue is there with that with scenario A that you gave us is that the show has one Jeanette. By having right. Mallory do that, you have two Jeanettes. I don't have a problem yes, with that. Yes, totally. Um, yeah. But anyway, what, oh, what, yeah. what Kate is, I only want this Jeanette. Yeah, what Kate is saying here in the scene is that, oh, she was wrong about Bernicke and she still doesn't remember Annabelle. Uh, and so like what other pieces, you know, like, you know, what she doesn't have all the pieces. She says, I think I'm ready to try what the therapist suggested. Mallory, as usual, is like, are you sure about that? Because uh, she never wants Kate to, you know, explore her memories and possibly get outed. And uh, Kate's like, yeah, I'm sure. And she picks up the phone. Starts dialing someone. Yeah, I swear to God, I thought we were going to get a like a pocket watch and a, you are very sleepy. 
<laughs> a little hypnotism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we cut to the video store. Vince is stocking some videos and he says, oh, we're not open yet when he hears someone coming in. But oh, shit, it's Ben. And Ben's just immediately like, I'm so sorry. And I like how Vince has a line here. He's just like, it's so long. I can't even, you know, enjoy hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, poster on the wall now. It's for while you were sleeping. Nice. 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 Don't ever put a pencil in your pocket when you're playing basketball, kids. So Ben's just trying to explain testicle. himself how, you know, he was hurt. He's vulnerable. And everyone is staring at him. And, and you know, Vince is basically saying, you know, like, you think I'm not scared? You know, I'm black. I'm gay in Texas. We were in this together and you just tossed me away. Uh, but it seems like they're going to they're going to make up. Ben wants to earn his trust back if he'll let him. So. I think this show, this ending is, is very similar to the ending that Kate Wallace gets, though, where it's like, we're pretty sure these two are probably going to figure it out. We don't know that. And we may never see these two characters again, but I, I kind of am glad we get this more realistic ending than like them, like just like smooching and big swelling music in the video store. Um, yeah, I, I think having sweet. work, having work to do is a much more realistic ending for a couple that, you know, it might lead to happy endings. Um Meanwhile, at Martin Harris's house in 95, Kate lifts herself in the window. I love that all the furniture is still there like a year later. It's just everything is exactly the as they glass left it. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's like a cup out. Yeah. Oh, 2021. I mean, also, this, is a, this is a $15 million home, right? Oh, I mean, in Texas, I don't I think, know. I think uh, it's on Zillow. Yeah. It's like $2 million, but, I believe. But the, the Martin Harris murder house? Hell yeah, this is an expensive house. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> well, maybe not. He's, he's an assistant. I mean, Martin Harris comes for money, right? Like, he you guys to. got that sense? He has yeah, to. Yeah. That's what I... Well, he has too much shit, first of all. <laughs> he has way, way too, too much, much shit. shit. He, also, he also says things like, we name our guns in my family, yeah, and yeah. we have them in this special case. <laughs> like, I mean, like, this guy... Yeah, I've always thought it would be... The it's tr- such a family heirloom. heirloom. I've always thought it would be a dream <laughs> to find a place that, like... Oh, like a triple homicide happened here. So even though this is like an awesome place and a great location, like there's this like super good discount you can get on it because like nobody wants to live here. That's that's totally the dream. There's literally a a Chuck Palahniuk novel, if I remember correctly. It might have come out in the like early 2000s. It was about realtors selling haunted houses. Mm -hmm. So they're they're selling the same house like five times a year. (laughs) Just pulling that. I think that. Yeah, I think that that that. Most haunted houses, though, do get there's a house on around my neighborhood. It's one of, I think, nice. it's not one of the Manson houses that is also around my neighborhood. My neighborhood has many that's the Black Dahlia house, it has the Manson houses, it has um, what else? I don't know, future, lots of houses. Future Scaredy Chat recorded in a murder house. <laughs> that's swell, it's a dream. <laughs> um, but we, we, um, what was I going to say? Oh, so there's one, there's like a murder house. It's like called like Villas Villas murder house or something. Um, and that one changed hands, I think a bunch of times and it was going under market value. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh, like, would I live here? Like, I can't afford it anyway. I only have $15 million right. as we, you know, spoke about earlier, half mm-hmm. of, half of 30, whatever yep, yep. it was. Um, but I don't have that much. I, I don't, you guys know. It's yeah. Joke, but well, speaking of uh, yeah. ghosts and haunted here, Kate, <laughs> well, no, no, Kate everyone, is... everyone knows that we're all millionaires and that we're just podcasting to stay in touch with the modern people, this right? Is... Right. Exactly. Sure, yeah. so, sorry, James. So, yeah, Kate is, uh, you know, hearing the ghosts of the past she, when she sees the glasses uh, that, you know, we hear like the, the sound of a drink pouring. We hear the, 
the record when she's like touching this dusty old record player here. And then so when he walks in behind her, who is it? It's Jeanette Turner says, you oh, really shit. wanted to meet me here. Uh, Kate's like, this, this is where the truth lies. No, this scene is great. Like even before Jeanette shows up, like if someone asked us, like one of our questions is like, what are some of our top scenes from the show? I don't know, man. Anytime Olivia Holt is just like reflecting on the ghosts of some area, like whether it's like her room that's haunted by the former Kate Wallace. I don't know. I, I find this shit fascinating. What were you going to say, Caitlin? Why would, why would Kate do this? I was just thinking about this. Like I understand why she would want, well, I understand why she wants to go to the basement and I understand why she wants to see Jeanette. I don't really understand why she would combine the two. Two birds, one stone. Unless, but unless they were going to reenact, like that's kind of what I thought that they were going to do. Like, hey, you stand here. I'm going to be on the staircase. And then, you know, and like, oh no, you couldn't have seen me. Oh, well, no, but that would require, that would require the window in the dark. (laughs) Well, okay. That's the other, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, yeah, whole thing. Okay. Yeah, so, I, I think I think Kate saw that this is the finale. <laughs> She's like, I got to do two of these. Yeah. Oh, well, we, we finally get the big confrontation that we've all been waiting for. These two finally get to talk to each other after you know Kate gets out of the, the basement there, and it's 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 just crackling with great energy here. You know, talking. To, you know, you didn't even want your life. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I love this scene. Like they, these two are great together. Hmm. Well, and and Kate's obviously been listening to some of Joy's stuff because part of this is like, essentially, she's saying, please don't bankrupt my parents. Well, she's saying you stole what was basically my trauma journal and shared it in a courtroom. Can you not see how cruel summer that is? Um, and and Jeanette's just like, can you not see that you ruined my life? And so they're, they're both, I feel like they both kind of make their points here. Like they both have a reason to feel very aggrieved. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. No. Well, you don't now, know that yet. You don't back, know it yet. I know you yeah. don't know it yet. Uh, to be fair, I just watched the episode for the second time. <laughs> so now I'm on the second rewatch. I'm like, monster, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you say these things to my my beautiful Kate Wallace? How dare you? Jeanette's like, you... I did not see you. <laughs> like... I mean, we're putting my senses on trial here. I did not yeah, see I did you. Not in quotation marks. Also, Olivia Holt. Giant wink. I, I say like she she was great. Obviously, not all things cloak and dagger, but like she's really good whenever a TV show lets her cuss. Because I just love her. Just like Jeanette, you and I both know you've done some dirty shit. I <laughs> well, love the way she Jeanette says, it. says. And I don't know the whole story, uh, but I know that you are lucky that there are some serious secrets buried with Martin Harris. Ooh. And that you can tell that kind of wounds Kate a little bit. And then we but, like we love this thing where we like cut back to the courthouse, like this like TV report is just like Jeanette Turner and Kate Wallace like didn't show up for the trial today. How is this not a manhunt situation? Yeah. <laughs> like how are all the cops not out like in force in Skyland trying to find them? But uh to your to your point, James, like I think Jeanette says I've read pages and pages of your chats. Derek printed off like two pages. So they must no, that, have gone. That, that, that went on for a while. They must have gone in and gotten more, though. Mm, maybe. Than just those couple. I mean, because like, that's very... What a fucking uh, like, bounty that he got. Like, those four pages he printed off happened to... How long was Ashley's shower? Opus. Yeah, really. Like, print, printers barely work now <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah. Taking, like, two and minutes to print a page. Like, yeah. Yeah. And right, loud, exactly. too. She right, would know right. that he's printing, yeah. Derek's just like, uh, take yeah. your time in there, Ashley. <laughs> yeah. 
or just a <laughs> dial up to him, <laughs> him to connect to the internet to check his email, let alone her chats. Yeah. Um, so these, they're, they're all over the place with this conversation, just like going at each other. Um, just, the you know, Jeanette pointing out Kate didn't even want Jamie, but when she came back, she reclaimed him, even though Jeanette loved him. And Kate's just like, yeah, he went through great sick lengths to keep me in hell in order to keep him. And, and so, it's like, eh, true. Did I see you though? No. Well, they kind of break it down. You know, Kate's just like, <laughs> I know you broke into this house. And Jeanette's just like, yeah, to play hide and seek. I told the cops. And Kate's just like, no, not that time. I know you did it on Christmas in 93. And Kate kind of, or Jeanette looks down like, okay, yeah, got me there. <laughs> and, uh, see, that's like, the thing I didn't about go it. The basement. Jeanette, then I guess you weren't in the basement either. Jeanette didn't think that she... She knew it was possible for Kate to have seen her. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. She knew it was possible because she knew that she, she also knew house. that that's not the she question, though. The question no, is, but she could. <laughs> the question, what legally, I know I hate to be this guy. Legally, the question, the defamation suit is about whether or not Jeanette saw Kate. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the story that Kate was telling was clearly false. And Jeanette knew that. That's true. Because that this is, is also, Christmas is also pre- the you know hello i'm down here in the basement i'm a creep thing mm-hmm. so jeanette would be blameless other than the b and e christmas 93 but yeah we get the we get the trailer moment where kate's just like i know you saw me and jeanette's like and i know i didn't dun 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 so we get the and flashback we, seeing what happens is kate's making the phone call and i think uh jeanette kind of explains like oh yeah you know like i knew about the snow globe because jamie got this weird answering machine message didn't make any sense yeah, but you know how could you know if you were kidnapped you know how could you be making a phone call mm-hmm. um yeah so there's a little bit more than i think we got last week where she's like especially spelling out like the you know as we knew i knew martin was at the mall so i, I didn't think anyone was home um kate comes down and finds the you go girl necklace also i find it hilarious that mallory who again is toxic and yes there is some empathy deserved for her but she gets a gift for her friend that is this like pithy affirmation that it's going to like be used to like torpedo young women's lives. I, mean, I don't. I think... absolutely hate the necklace. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the biggest a... crime in my mind. <laughs> tacky being tacky. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I, just if, Caitlin, if you can set aside uh, your feelings about Jeanette as revealed <laughs> by the end of the episode, what do you think about Jeanette right? and her habit of breaking into Martin's house? Like, how, how did you feel about that? Like earlier in the show? You know, it's funny. I like, as it was happening, I was like, yeah, kids, kids do that. And then I actually thought about it at like after I finished the final episode and I was like, no, that was weird. Like the whole time, like regardless of whether or not he had someone kidnapped in his basement, like he's not, he's not a famous person. He's not even a person Jeanette seems to like care that much about. Mm -hmm. She just likes to like, know that she can like get into someone's like private space whenever she wants to steal their face. I don't know what it says about me, but I can relate. Yeah. Teenagers need (laughs) teenagers need indiscretion. I mean, it's different. Sure. But also Hannah Marin was a serial shoplifter. Right. But it makes sense to shoplift, I think. I mean I I'm personally not a shoplifter, um, let the record show, but it makes more sense to me. <laughs> it, makes, it makes more sense to me to break into a Claire's and take a tacky ass necklace or whatever 
And, you know, I wish I wouldn't do because, again, that you go. I don't know. I guess I can relate. When I was like 14, me and a buddy of mine would (laughs) sneak out of the house. (laughs) No, no. Like like he would like he had the keys to his parents' car. We would roll it down the street and then start it and just go do the like lawn jobs. Like it was insane that we were not like arrested and jailed for what we did. How old were you? Like 14. 14. Yeah. But you were driving a car. I wasn't driving. He was, but he was like, he was like 14. I was 14. And we're just driving around in the middle of the night doing lawn jobs and like shoplifting from stores and shit like that. I'm so on the verge. I'm so on the verge of telling the story when I broke into someone's house as a teenager that I, (laughs) I just. Guys, am I not cool? I'm so, I am. I am pretty sure this story makes me look very bad besides the aforementioned B&E. I didn't break into their house. <laughs> I broke into their backyard to go swimming. Oh, okay. Because okay, I thought they, I thought they were gone on a trip. That's what I had been told. They were going to be on a trip, so I just broke in to go swimming. And I find out that but the friends, think- the friend's Sorry. mother is still there, mm-hmm. and now she's. I'm going like skinny dipping in this house. So they didn't bring skinny dipping. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now, like, I see her walking through the back window. This and is like I'm from like, a movie, like, isn't it? Well, like- here's here's the cruel part. She had like an eyesight problem. Like she had like a like low vision. Oh, wow. So this, that's the part where I feel especially shitty because I was especially, I was essentially hiding from a, a woman who's nearly blind. But I think teenagers but, need their weird uh, indiscretions and crimes. See, okay. You're right. I, you know, you're right. That, I don't know what a lawn job is. <laughs> you don't know what a lawn job is? It's when you, uh, you like do a donut on somebody's lawn and just like tear the lawn out. It's uh, that's so mean. Why would you do that? Because we were more, 14 and stupid. For that it's a more yeah. aggravated so version I, of I TK. Was, you know what I thought it was? I thought you were stealing people's lawn ornaments. And then I was like, Caitlin, just ask. Just ask. Like, he'll tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but James, I, like, oh, yeah, I've done I that too. That. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I, I guess I was not a particularly like wild teenager in any in literally any stretch of shocking i know but i guess the difference between what you guys are describing is you're not personally going into someone's home like like it's not like she got off on breaking into everyone else's houses or like sneaking into like whoever's house was like on the block or whatever it's specifically a guy that she like doesn't really have any relationship with other than him being her assistant principal it just feels like like this is the key that she has, so she's going to do it over and over again. Like I get doing it once, but it's sort of like, girl, like, are you just trying to like make this guy's life? Like, do you want him to think there's a ghost in his house? Like, I don't really understand what oh, that'd you're be doing wonderful. here. I guess the way I read it was yeah. that it wasn't really about yeah. Martin Harris as much as like she has the key. You know, this is the house she has access to, and so she's just going to like do it for fun and the rush whenever she can. It's power. The the the, 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 crazy. <laughs> the phrasing that you use, Caitlin, is totally right. She gets off on it. Hmm. Well, also, it's interesting because when they go shoplifting, Jeanette, like, is all freaked out and is all like, oh, my gosh. It's like, like, I'm, it's like I'm listening to Mallory right now. Well, remember, <laughs> okay, so, so the elevator. Don't do that. <laughs> the elevator in the mall. Mallory's like, let's let's do some crimes. Let's like let's break some laws. And Jeanette is like, right. as long as it's not immoral, you guys. So that she has a weird. weird. She has a weird line. She has a weird like viewing of the law. Her law. Well, my my interpretation of that is, I think Jeanette's a liar, liar who lies. I don't think it's it was ever ever about her not doing something illegal or not doing something immoral. I think it was Jeanette wanted to be the alpha. 
and mm-hmm. Mallory was the alpha and Jeanette was fighting against Mallory as the alpha because why else would she the the weed thing for example like her making such a big deal with Vince about the weed thing I don't think it ever was about oh no I don't want to smoke weed because drugs are bad because obviously she ends up keeping the weed for herself I think this was all just to undermine Mallory and to position herself with Vince there. And there are all these little clues about that too, because she has a conversation with Vince where she's like, don't you just feel like Mallory sucks basically. And Vince is like, we all not mm, let's not talk badly about Mallory. Yeah. See, and I, 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 feel I, like, I half no, agree with you, it, but I think it can be both because while she does keep that joint, do we ever see Jeanette smoke it? I'm sure she smokes it. And but, it's weirder she keeps it and doesn't smoke it. I don't also, doubt that she smokes it, but I also think I think it's totally in bana- how bananas Jeanette is that she would keep that mm. thing as her own little box of contraband shame. All right. Well, let's get through this scene here as they're kind of each sharing their own side of what happened that uh, fateful Christmas Eve night. Jeanette's breaking in. She says she heard a noise and she took a snow globe and left. And then Kate went downstairs. She found the necklace. You know, and uh, Jeanette's just like, well, if the ne- necklace proved anything, I'd be arrested by now. And Kate's just like, don't I know it? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I looked out this window and I saw your bike. And Jeanette's just like, but she didn't see my face, did you? So I think, does Jeanette, I, it's like they're both figuring out that Mallory was there, like at the same time, kind of. Well, Jeanette's figuring it out maybe 30 seconds mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, so it's like, oh, well, okay, so you did lie about, like, you know, holding eye contact. Kate's just like, I guess, you know, but uh, your face was shattered outside, but you were facing me, and I saw your bike with the stupid cart on the wheel. Let's, let's, let's just pause do a little victory dance, how we totally called the, the whole cart thing, the eight diamonds. Just, like, from, like, the yeah, they, second episode, nailed it. Question, though, did you guys get the sense that, like, it was possible for Mallory not to have seen Kate at all because weren't the lights off? Well, she sees her before, like when the lights are still on. Like okay. the show makes makes it make sure you know that like there's a girl who gee sure looks like a lot like Kate Wallace walking in front of that window when the lights are on. Yeah, Mallory. Yeah. Mallory yeah. sees somebody inside and sees Jeanette breaking in and being like, "Oh shit, she's gonna get caught. This will be awesome." Yeah, right. Uh, but Kate sh- doesn't see her until the lights are off. Kate doesn't right? see her until she turns. So like Jeanette leaves after like she hears a noise. Kate's not looking out the window. Yeah, Kate comes downstairs, turns the lights off and looks out the window and she sees like a figure in the shadows on the bike, you know, with like a hood up, like right in a way. But like they mm-hmm. definitely, they looked at each other. And so Kate is assuming, oh, you saw me or whatever, even though really. By like, the moonlight yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not to give, not to give Jeanette, Mallory or anyone too much credit. I also feel like if I were Kate, I wouldn't have been convinced that anyone saw me. Well, I think you a know? lot of this with like, Kate, we're realizing that like she knew that Jeanette was there and at least possibly knew that she was there. And then she gets like kind of, you know, literally imprisoned the next night and is stuck down there. And she's thinking the whole time is Jeanette ever going to tell anyone? And it's like, clearly Jeanette didn't. And she finds out from Martin. Oh, Jeanette's dating my boyfriend now. And I think that all just kind of worked in her mind to like build up this villain and Jeanette Turner, you know, like, and it's probably, it's, I think it's it's somewhat almost like a, a self-loathing in that, like I could have escaped and didn't. 
and I'm, I was counting on this other person to save me because I, you know, I, I didn't save myself when I had the chance kind of thing. Like the, the story about the woman who's in prison and the guy tells her every night, I'm probably going to kill you in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, or, or in this case, like, like oh, Princess Bride or uh, the Arabian Nights. But like also like uh, uh, the idea that like, oh, salvation comes the next day. Like, and then it never, ever comes for like six months. Yeah. So then uh, Jeanette has to reveal like, no, that, that wasn't me. You saw it was Mallory that, you know, that wasn't my bike. It was Mallory's bike. And uh, Mallory's the one who saw you, not me. And we get the the flashbacks from Kate of like all the good times with Mallory, like at the roller rink, you know, like hanging out and having good times and the betrayal. But today was the greatest day I've ever known. I don't understand. Yeah. I uh, thought it was a beautiful cover. I liked it. It's a, it's a great it cover. All. It's a great cover. I'm kind of upset that you can't get the other two covers yet on iTunes. Yeah. So then we kind of get the what Mallory would have been seeing as she's like pulled up on her bike. Was she following Jeanette already? Was it just a coincidence? I don't know. But, I think the show plays it like it's a coincidence. Yeah. Mallory's like, holy shit. You are so getting busted. Also, how unsoundproof. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, no, no, like, he's got really good. He's really got good. the best Mallory coming up in just a moment. Well, but I'll try. How how unsoundproof is Martin Harris's whole fucking house? Where she knocks over that Nutcracker, and like everyone on the street can fucking hear this Nutcracker tumble over. Let alone, I mean, I know gunshots are loud, but could you really hear the gunshot all the way over to Jeanette's? I'd say so. Yeah. If it's it's like a couple blocks away, to, we let's, interpret this town as small. I think let's let's get the MythBusters mm-hmm. where we shoot a pedophile. <laughs> yes, you actually shoot <laughs> the pedophile. See how loud it is. That's got to be accurate. You know, we got to have a control. Yeah, but what we actually see Very is dark, that Jean- guys. Jeanette had like put her hood on, and so she's like staring into the window, but like neither can really see each other. Mallory put her hood on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense for the, the all the posters and stuff of the mirrors, like two girls looking at each other in the mirrors. The truth is, I like yeah. they saw each other, but they didn't see each other. So. They saw, they, yeah, you yeah. guys know that it was very obvious <laughs> yeah, that yeah. analysis I just did. But yeah. also that great shot of Mallory with the hood, just like mysterious, like this mysterious figure staring. It's like very much. Uh, do you remember the hooded figure from Sinner season two? Does no one remember? I, that? I don't Sinner think I got that far into it. I watched. The little no, boy's the dream season. of the hooded figure who keeps coming to visit him. It's fucking spoiler terrifying. alert! But what is the what actually? Okay, spoiler alert, and feel free to cut this. But really quick, I just have a question: The Sinner season two. Mm. It's not his parents. It's people trying to help him escape from the cult yep. because the cult is going to kill him. Right? Yes. Yes. Basically. Okay. Yes. Cool. 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 Yeah. Okay. okay. So then we see that Mallory followed Jeanette home to confront her. And uh, she just like kind of lays into her. You played holier than thou right up until cutting me off as a friend when you've been sneaking into that house the this entire time. And flawless. Yeah. It's so good. It's so accurate. I I thought Man. she was here in the room with us. I would say like, this is quite a get for our podcast. You get some sick wow. pleasure out of it, don't you? And Jeanette's just like, fine. I like how she's like, you're a hypocrite and honestly a real weirdo. And Jeanette's like, fine. You're like, I'm not a weirdo. Take this stupid snow globe if you want it. I don't care anymore. Like, why do you care anymore what I do? We're not even friends. Aww. 
And, and I felt so bad for Mallory here. So bad for her. Let me just say, you guys don't feel like what, is she, what is Mallory expecting? Like, I, 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 it's like she's so butthurt about this. Like, it's it's as though she is like thought about like where their friendship went wrong, and it was just because Mallory or that just because Jeanette like didn't want to do like you know like stuff that would get there and them in trouble when i like that wasn't it at all it was like all well, about mallory's bullying know, and controlling it's because Jeanette has agency yeah yeah well i and, think that that's that's the thing about teenage girls not to be like well guys like <laughs> let's let's talk about it no but i think i think that the reason why so many people hate mallory though i don't really know what your your excuses <laughs> no i'm kidding i know exactly why i didn't like mallory either but i think that the thing that a lot of people projecting onto Mallory is there are so many people that I know who've had friends like this. I've had friends like this and I've probably been a friend like this. I actually think I have been a friend like this to some people when I was much younger, where you're kind of growing apart and you're growing up at different levels. And I think with Mallory, she's trying to hold on to her friendship with Jeanette so tight. And the only way she knows how to do it is to control Jeanette because she knows Jeanette is like looking over at Jamie and looking over at the popular girls. And she's like, oh my gosh, once I straighten my hair, it's over. Like I'm, you know, I'm not hanging out with Mallory anymore. I'm leaving her to be popular. And I think Mallory knows on some level that Jeanette is is itching to get out and itching to like leave her. And so Mallory thinks that if I can be controlling or if I can control her, even though I know ultimately maybe, you know, it's not the right thing to do and it is pushing Jeanette away. I think that's how she can stop Jeanette from growing. Yeah. Which is why, which is why her, 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 why her future relationship is not going to work. Because she's going to do the exact <laughs> same thing, but yeah, yeah, you're right. So she's well, she even says to Vince, like, "Why aren't Vince and I good enough?" You know, because she's afraid that Jeanette will get that Princess Diaries makeover or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I have toxic friends, and absolutely, <laughs> I do not, I do not want to live in their box version of me. So I don't share all of my life with them. I don't cut them out of my life like I know that you're supposed to, according to Instagram ads and what have you, because I just can only accept them as they are. And, but I, yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, this is where, like, this is the core of my choosing Jeanette over Mallory's because Jeanette finally, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, J- Mallory is right, and that Jeanette's a fucking weirdo, and that's okay. Yeah, some people are weirdos, yeah. but this is why I will yeah. always love Jeanette is because she finally got to t- tell off her Mallory, <laughs> and the Mallory. I think the thing is like the empathy for me starts. I get that she's obviously coming from a thing of hurt. The show is not unpacking for us like what it looks like we're not seeing anymore yeah dad leaving when she was young or what's going on with her mom janice or any of that stuff but like if she did like the jamie apology tour season two of the show i'd be like mallory's the greatest character or whatever you know what i mean like yeah but I, I don't say, think i could ever get there with mallory well i i think that the other thing is that we don't get that apology tour but we do see that mallory is a much better friend to kate than she ever was to jeanette and I'd like to think it's because Mallory changed and grew. And but playing it side by side know. with her 93 antics, it just looks like a different kind of grooming of Kate. Mm-hmm. That's, yes, that is very fair given everything we know. But I do think that the show is not intending for that. No, I don't, I I don't think, think so. But I think we also remember that 
Jeanette. And so Jeanette is what, 14 and 93, 15 and 94, 16 and 90. She's turning, I think it's 15, 16, 17. Yeah. 15, 16, 17. Okay. So that's young, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. I know it's like, you know, that's not an excuse, but I do think. I do think Mallory could be redeemed, guys. I mean, they, she could you know? be. They all she are. Could be, be, but she's not Jeanette, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's she's not. Not. no, guys. No. No. Well, no. We got so there. We're going to get there. James get is right. There. <laughs> James is right. She could be redeemed. Do I want to see that? Not necessarily, because it's going to be a hell of a lot more entertaining. You know what I mean? It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, the beginning of this was bad and the end's going to be real bad, but the middle's going to be a whole lot of fun. That's going to be the story of Jeanette over course of many shows. But yeah, I think Mallory can be redeemed. I don't think we see that per se. In season All right, well, let's, let's, let's wait for those scenes. Let me, let me kind of get through this next part here where Kate is like, wow, it was Mallory the whole time. And it's just it's just the latest betrayal. And it's almost as though she's just used to this by now. It's like everybody will eventually betray and disappoint her, you know. And so she she comes over to Jeanette and she says, you know, you know, if, if I didn't think I was right, I never would have accused you. I'm so sorry. And Jeanette, like it's it's interesting because this is this should theoretically be exactly what Jeanette has always wanted to hear. But she's still she's holding something back here. Like you would you would you would expect her to maybe just like start crying and like want to hug Kate or something like that. But instead, she's still kind of holding back. She's still looking away. And uh, instead, she's like, can I ask, you know, what happened between the two of you in this house? And so Kate kind of has hold to on, explain we were friends on, and on. then we we're more than friends. Even even if she didn't have the twist ending, like it's harder to let go of your pain than just, you know, I mean, it's a TV show. So obviously that's how people do it. But like, it's harder to let go of like the self-loathing has been your identity for at least a year or more. I suppose. It's, it's harder to let that go. But I was going to say back to Mallory one last time. The 3D chess that Jeanette's playing in the mall in 94 when like when Mallory and Vince come and confront her with Tennille and, and Renee. And she's like, hey, Mallory, I've been here the entire time. You just drifted away from me and all that shit. She's amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. So Kate's like, well, I don't really know how to describe it. You know, like what, you know, fascinated me about Martin Harris. I think it's interesting that Jeanette says, or Kate's just like he seemed like. And Jeanette says, like someone who had secrets. And Kate's just like, yeah. So, like Noel Khan, Jeanette has secrets too, I guess. <laughs> Jeanette so, gets it. Yeah. So Kate's just like, well, I slept over, and then that, you know, that night led to more nights, and friends led to more than friends, and things escalate to a really dark place. There's just one thing I can't remember. You know, my therapist says that if I go back down there, maybe it'll help my, unlock my memory. So she's like, can you please come help me? come down to the basement with me and so we can figure out, you know, what happened. Oh, the, 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 will you come with me? The Chiara Aurelia line reading of like, yes, mm-hmm. you guys, I had fucking chills watching this. I, had fucking I thought that she chills. was going to lock her in the basement. Oh shit. And that she's going to be like, yes, I will. And then it's like, bye bitch. Closes the door and wow. locks her in and be like, I don't know where Kate went. Guess she didn't I mean, show up for the lawsuit. I, Does that mean we automatically win? I'm surprised we didn't have the scene or they both get to the, the, basement door and are kind of looking at each other like you first you know <laughs> the, the yeah, clue will go down is, together yeah, yeah. The, the clue moment yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah because if i was I, if i was jeanette i wouldn't be like yeah sure i'll go in first you know? what i love about this I, idea though is that there's a monster in the basement the thing is they're both bringing yeah. the monster down into the basement 
and it's kind of the same. It's kind of a different monster. Bloodstain's still there. We've got the mirrors. There, there was never a secret reveal about the two-way mirror or anything like that. Drove me crazy. I was so convinced, <laughs> so convinced that it's going to be those damn two-way mirrors. And so we kind of finally so- get the revelation of what happened that night. There's a cool shot of like looking into the mirror and then it kind of like the lighting changes as we're flashing back and we see Martin Harris walking downstairs holding a a case. It's one take. You could obviously do this with effects, but I feel like the Kate figure of the 95 Kate is a stand-in. And then we see, we see like real Olivia Holt like is like 94 leading against the wall with the book. Yeah, yeah, they must have done oh. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because all like one Kiara really, yeah. uh, Kiara really is like definitely like you see light on her face, but mm-hmm. like Kate's kind of silhouetted. Could be, but I was like, how the fuck did this? Also, cool. I mean, uh, yeah, his, his character's horrible, but Blake Lee is great in the scene. I mean, talk about an Emmy reel. He's a great actor. They're yeah. all great actors, honestly. Really, yeah. everyone A plus. Yeah. So Kate thinks that Martin has uh, finally worked up the courage to kill her. Um, which she must have always been thinking that's that's how this ends, you know. Uh, but Martin instead, he's like holding this case. I like how he's wearing his Widow Falls uh, sweatshirt there. And he says that the police came here today, you know, and it's only a matter of time before they come back with a search warrant. So somebody has tipped him off. I assume that it's Jeanette because, you know, I like to think good things about people. The way Kate still describes him is still, it's like she can't, she can't fully excise the good things that, part of her once felt because she's like she says that he seemed vulnerable Mm -hmm. but at peace it's like there's some part of her that will still see him as like this little boy i think that's why the song will tell us why she's so messed up (laughs) about this whole situation um so he opens the case there's a gun in there the gun is annabelle this is the family heirloom this is uh what took his father's life and so annabelle is not an alternate personality or anything i mean annabelle is a gun that was like a, a real early theory so it's, um, I don't know. It's one of those things where you're yeah, like, ha- yep, okay. You know, a lot of people call that. I'm happy it wasn't an alternate personality. I was really worried that was going to be the thing. And like, that would have been so not obvious necessarily, I guess, but just so easy. Like, she was the one who killed him, like mm-hmm. Annabelle, and it was like, whatever. So, my question for so. you is Has he come down here to do a suicide by Kate? No, I don't think so. I think, I think mm. he's doing like i i think his intentions are, are what is on screen there you know he says okay. at first like because kate's just like you know like are you gonna take my life and he says i'm sorry for the things i've done and she's like no please no and he's like it's the only way and then he says go live your life and she's kind of confused like what you know he's like see the world you know like we wanted which is like watching the scene in the moment the first time i was like this is so unsatisfying for Kate as a resolution to this because he's manipulating her in a way right up until the end and just being like, I'm doing this for you. Like he's still like, it's just like a complete mind fuck to her to like, if this is how he's going to end it and he's going to kill himself and she's going to have to watch. And like, it's just mm-hmm. like one last way to traumatize her. Yeah. He's, he's trying to Moriarty himself yeah. while she watches. Yeah. It's, it's vile. Um, but do you as, think he is, I realized I was like, I was listening to a podcast and I was like, was your podcast? <laughs> Do you think that he is, is he doing it in his brain? Do you think he genuinely feels those things now that you've seen the final episode? Or do you think that he is manipulating her on purpose? 
Do you know what I mean? Hard like what say. the difference is? I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think right? he like, may be somewhat genuine. I mean, obviously, he the, like the police have come. He knows that they're closing in. He only sees one way out, and I, I think in his mind, this is he's he's somehow painting a redemption story for himself as he kills himself. So, you know? so I think what what you're what you're getting at, James, is that the question is is does he realize that he's menacing her up until the moment that she realizes he's going to shoot himself? I don't think he's even listening to her. True. Like yeah. her whole, her whole, like, yeah. no, please don't kill me. I don't think he's, I think he's too busy monologuing. Mm-hmm. He, you know, in like his this, mind, this is his redemption arc in, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily conscious of the way he's only making this even worse for her. Well, cause the saddest, most pathetic, cruelest, vilest part is the know that you were always loved yeah yeah it's i it's, think that yeah it's tragic he wanted, and wrong at the same time yeah i mean if he genuinely wanted to do the right thing by her which no shit he doesn't he would have either turned himself into the police or even unlocked the door and ran like or just like, told her to run like, why not it, it's like right exactly just been like go it's like he's going to make sure that he just puts this definitive exclamation mark on this experience for her and kind yeah. of like in a way that she'll never be able to forget he'll always live in her head yeah mm-hmm. i mean he could have he could have very well been like the door's open the front door's open when you when you eventually get to the cops just tell them they can find me down here you know that's what he could have done but also it's it's prefaced by this fascinating cover just the idea of having a cover of disarm by smashing pumpkins <laughs> as we actually get the, the line from the chorus the killer in me is the killer in you because i think this is the cruelest thing is if he's setting her up to be the one to shoot him i get in a in a self-defense case like it's you or the other person i get that but i am terrified of people who and obviously i'm not a gun person but if you have to actually shoot someone if that doesn't rip your soul in half I'm terrified of you. I mean, I don't think that was his original intent. I know I saw some people are like, oh, what if this was like, he's testing her again. And it's like, no, there's definitely bullets in the gun. Like, I don't think this was also mind game. I think he intended to kill himself. But as uh, he's demonstrated in other ways in the show, he's morally weak. Like, he can't even do that, you know? And, And so he just like drops the gun and goes and screams. And Kate's just like terrified. But like, oh, shit, let me grab this gun. And then he's just so like get, suddenly like, oh, my God, like, how could you how could you point that gun at me after all we shared together? You know. Well, we get this this brief Martin and Kate montage and I got very concerned at the start of this montage because we get all their happier moments. And what I love is that the, one of the great shots in episode nine, when she's running down the stairs in slow-mo and he grabs her and pulls her mm-hmm. back. I love that the montage ends before we get to that kiss. Well, it it directly it cuts to him the, like throwing her into a corner in the yeah. basement. Yeah. Then it shifts to like the darker part of the montage. I know because I was like this show. I don't know, man. It's it's funny in like a dark way in times, and I kind of love it. Like having laid by James be covered in this show is. I love that song, and I was like, they're gonna cut. They're gonna cut like the more graphic lyrics, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't want those lyrics like, yeah. like in this scene, and they did, <laughs> thankfully. So, yeah. So Kate, remembering the happy times, but then all the abuse she suffered at him, just kind of hardens her face and shoots him. Uh, we don't see where she shoots him. Presumably, it's in the chest or something. Um, and he collapses, and this is just like one last trauma for her. Like it, it can't be easy for Kate. She's got to be traumatized all over. You know, and and you can tell that she feels so guilty for 
loving him and hating him and killing him. Like it's all mixed up together as she's explaining to Jeanette here. She sat with him all night long. Mm-hmm. Like she was not found to the next day. I mean, that's, that's hardcore shit. Or she called the cops the next day. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, the news Jeanette says the news said he died in a shootout. And Kate is just like, they assume that I guess because he died of a gunshot. I mean, this to me feels like a real, Maybe the week, this the is a cheat. Part? This is a writing cheat because it's like yeah. clearly I think it's a cheat you held too. it, you held yeah. it back because you wanted to make Annabelle a mystery and you didn't want to get into exactly what happened, but it's like, okay, the a shootout is not the same thing as a single gunshot. Right. Well, at first I think everybody like on Reddit and stuff thought that maybe it was framed a certain way so that the police did believe that, they shot him like maybe Kate shot him in a hail of bullets or something, but like, no, like, like the, the police, police would, have, would never clarified yeah. like, okay, no, it wasn't, it, there wasn't a shootout. Uh, the victim was found shot right, that's a, by the, uh, you know, the, 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 the kidnapper was found shot by the victim who like got the gun away from him somehow or something like that. You know, I mean, but I th- what they're they trying to say, they're trying to say that the media is so sensationalized that, that they're spicing it up is what they're trying to say. I think. Yeah, but I do think it is kind of, a, it is a little bit of a cheat. I mean, it works fine, but I think it probably would have been better if uh, they were like, oh, he shot himself. Like as the police were descending, he killed himself. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the police that, yeah. could have believed that. And and then you're, you know? you're wondering, is that true or not? Yeah. And then it's not, because it, the whole shootout thing, it's like, we're constantly wondering, you know, okay, well, we heard that shot the night before, but then like they said a shootout. So that shot couldn't have been the shootout. It, right. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, we get the flashback to the pilot of the night of Jeanette's birthday as Jamie's about to kiss her outside. And there's that gunshot in the distance that you can clearly hear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Kate says that she might have internalized everything in this in this moment, you know, too, after a while. And her therapist said that can happen. And Kate says, I'm the bad guy, which is not true. Well, it's, it's as though Kate has forgotten until this moment that she killed Martin. It's like that that was such a traumatic event for her that it's like it's it's a blank slate and like she doesn't really remember it till she goes back to the basement and remembers what annabelle is and the core of her guilt mm-hmm. on all the times that he's appeared to her in 94 95 yeah um and so Jeanette said you know Jeanette of all people is the one who's like hey no one could blame me for killing him and kate says you should sue me and take the money <laughs> and Jeanette's like oh it's never about the money it's about the platform i, I like the little speech she gives you know it's just you know i want to know what it was like to be like you, not to actually be you, just, you know, I, I never felt like I was popular or beautiful or enough. I just want to know what it felt like uh, to just once have the sunshine on me. Kate hears that. She really hears that. She's like, all right, Mona Vanderbilt, let's, uh, let's get you there. So later we're on the steps of the courthouse addressing the media. And Kate says that she was kidnapped. But after speaking to Jeanette, you know, herself, there's another truth that she's certain of. She says, Jeanette Turner did not see me in Martin Harris's house. She is not the monster the media has made her out to be. Jeanette Turner's a victim. And the reporters are instantly like, Kate, does that make you a liar? How do you feel dragging innocent girl's name through the mud? And like, Kate's kind of like stuck in the sea of like, now everyone's turned on her. And then this. I wish we got that scene. for longer. You know? Yeah. I just wish we lived with that. Like, Kate is now the villain to the media and Kate has to live what with that. What scares me is that there's a whole contingent of watchers of this show that that's what they want. Like they were the people who hated Jeanette to start of the show. And after the last few episodes, especially after the last episode, they were like, no, no, no. I want to see Kate suffer What's, for lying about Jeanette. It's like, those oh, are bad people. It's like, hold, hold <laughs> off here. It's yeah. funny that like for the longest time it was like, well, maybe, maybe the truth is that they're both telling the truth from their point of view. And actually they're both lying. You know, it's like neither of them was telling no, the I truth. Don't, 
I don't think they're both lying. Kate is Kate not both, lying. I think they're both telling the truth. Kate Kate's is um telling a version not of the lying. Truth. She's telling a version of the truth. Jeanette is also telling a version of the truth. Yeah. Because she didn't see they're both lying and both telling the truth. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they're both lying. You're right. I think Caitlin. both of them Jeanette's lying would bad. be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you we're gonna get we're we're getting we're, we're gonna, gonna get, get there right now. We're gonna get there right now. Okay, so yeah, after Jeanette talks to the press and uh, says that Jeanette is innocent, we then cut to Mallory packing up to leave town, taking the snow globe, which means she realizes her guilt. She knows what she's done. And uh, then Kate's there at the door and teleports in. Her and she's like, Mal, I know you saw me. And Mal clearly, like the way she's acting, it's like she, she knew this day would come sooner or later. So after the commercial, let me, let me give you an edit here. Kate's like, you befriended me and you didn't say a word about it. Mm-hmm. And then end of episode, we see the credits, they run, the show's over. It's only <laughs> it's only 38 minutes long. We're surprised. Uh, no, nice. but Mallory admits that he admits it and Kate wants to know how both of these things are true. And Mallory says that she saw a woman living freely, not in the basement. She figured it was Martin Harris's girlfriend or sister or something. And Kate's like, well, you were half right. Uh. So, and so it's like Mallory's just kind of like, Oh, Mallory says it didn't make sense for a living girl to be in the living room making a call. So, you know, she never imagined it was Kate until she saw on the news that Kate had been rescued and that she put it all together. And I like that, like, we get the flashback to 94 of Mallory watching this news report and actually being like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. she, you know, Kate says that the world never thought that, that she was in the, the basement. Or that's what Mallory says. And she's like, you know, telling my secret meant telling yours, which I think this so is... So it this up is, to be none of my business. P.S. Fuck Jeanette Turner. Yeah. Well, it's like, I think this is supposed to seem selfless, but this also, if you look at a transcript of this, sounds like a threat. Telling my secret meant telling yours too. But I think she's right. That's what blackmailers say. It's just, it's weird for this to end as like this supposedly happy relationship when like, She's employing some of the same tactics that Martin Harris employed. And it's just like, it's like, why should I be happy about this relationship? Let me ask you this, though. Would the Uh, next relationship Kate Wallace have be healthy? Probably not. but No, but I mean, maybe not. No, but it it takes time. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. But there's it's more likely than not, sadly, that her next relationship would not be the healthiest. And here we go, baby. We got Mallory. but you guys don't, you don't understand that, like, you don't see it from Valerie's point of view, because I do. I thought, okay, so I thought, I think it, I think it probably would have been better if Mallory was, um, if she had just seen her and like, like actually saw her and was pissed about it. And the the one thing I felt like it wasn't totally clear was why Mallory hated Kate so much. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know if there was a, it ended up being that there wasn't a super specific reason, at least when I spoke to uh, the showrunner on the phone, I asked about it. She said it was kind of, you know, she's rich and popular and Mallory's not. And it wasn't like a. No, thing I'm in love with the half sister or anything like that. Or, yeah. or, totally. or I'm in love with you and I'm repressing. Right. Exactly. So I thought if Mallory had such a strong hatred of Kate and she saw Kate, that maybe you could have, been forgiven i guess for mallory thinking in her teenage girl brain who's not fully formed and developed and doesn't know about grooming and all this stuff oh my god kate ran off to be with the assistant principal fuck that i'm not telling anyone um i feel like that just makes so much more sense 
Yeah, I feel like it makes more sense, but I don't think that's what the show is mm-hmm. is doing. Um, so in this scenario where she's like, I didn't really see you, I just feel like Mallory can be forgiven for not saying anything because imagine if Kate was like, yes, I was in the basement the whole time, Mallory, the whole time I was in the basement. Like, what's Mallory going to do? Like, be like, actually, Kate, you're lying because I saw you. Because what is, you know, it's like, what good would that do? And I understand how from the Jeanette perspective, like if Jeanette was truly innocent, I actually don't even think Mallory, because what would Mallory say? Mallory would say, no, Jeanette didn't actually see. If if Jeanette was truly innocent, is what Mallory is doing by not saying anything not quite the same as uh, not saying anything if you knew that Kate was kidnapped, but it's like it's on the spectrum of I've well, I've witnessed um, a, a moral wrong and I'm not saying anything about it. Well, let's say, though, that let's just say that Mallory and Kate, Mallory and Jeanette were best friends and that Mallory truly had Jeanette's interest at heart. But the scenario played out in the same way. And, you know, Mallory didn't know it was Kate specifically. But then later she learned, you know, whatever. All Mallory knows is that Jeanette broke into Martin Harris's house. We don't know how many times Jeanette broke into Martin Harris's house. Mallory doesn't know how many times Jeanette broke into Martin Harris's house. So if she were to go to the police and be like, no, Kate's lying because when Ma- when Jeanette broke into Martin Harris's house, Kate was actually not in the basement. I don't know if that would actually have helped Jeanette either. I think that but would if, have actually only hurt but Jeanette. But if Kate's story is like this happened around Christmas and it's like, well, okay, actually, but on Christmas you were you were free and roaming about the house. Well, she didn't say she didn't say that it happened on Christmas. She said it happened around Christmas because Kate wouldn't have been able to tell when it was Christmas mm-hmm. if she was in the basement. Um, she said December. We don't know if Kate was, you know, if you're Mallory and you see Kate walking around or whatever, you don't know if maybe Kate was in the basement half the time and allowed to roam freely, but with like an ankle monitor or something. Like there's a lot of, I feel like, questions. Like just because Kate was not in the basement doesn't necessarily mean she wasn't being held captive. I just feel like there are things that, that Mallory could have done and she decided to do nothing instead and, and seemingly befriended right. Kate so that she could keep an eye on what Kate knew. And like, certainly how it plays. had a lot of opportunities to like step in and be like, okay, well actually Kate, like this is what I know. And she never Caitlin, did. Have you watched dead to me on Netflix? Um, I watched the first season, but not the second season. This is literally the plot. This is literally what uh, Velma is doing. Right, right. It, it's similar. Is, is so getting close this. to her to like to like rub her guilt on her and like try to redeem herself. But I'm gonna I'm just gonna counter what both of you guys are saying with two famous quotes. First cool. is from James Baldwin: "Not everything that's faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed unless it's faced." My sure. second quote is from Mare of Easttown: "Trust me, teenage girls are fucking sneaky." <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think I just think I. I think Mallory probably befriended Kate out of guilt and realized she was a great person and realized that for some reason, Kate was keeping it a secret that she wasn't always in the basement. And I think Mallory was giving her grace to come into that whenever she wanted. That that all seems fair. There's just the Jeanette part of things. I'm sitting on a take that is either a hot turd or a nugget of gold. Okay. (laughs) Kate Wallace is 
Martin Harris's house to Mallory. She's just breaking in there and getting <laughs> off on it. Wow. 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 Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't know. <laughs> She's well, just emotionally putting her hand over that flame. And it's like, uh, two things can be true about somebody that are contradictory. I think she is a good friend to her or she thinks she is, or she's trying to be, you know, some variation of that. Yeah. She's also doing her a disservice. But what is the disservice? Not talking to her about some of the stuff, keeping a secret from well, her. And, and when, she knows when Kate has just said another, everyone's keeping fucking secrets from me. Well, and, and she knows yeah. that like this, this truth could blow apart Kate's whole case. You know, like she knows that yeah. this is it could like completely ruin her case. She's still not saying anything. But I mean, it's it's well, she's not up to her. Kate. It's not up to her to decide that for Kate. Kate needs, and I think Kate needs to be deciding her own fate. Like a a, a well intentioned lie has got to be worse than like a, a a damning truth, right? But also, just to play another defense of Mallory thing, Mallory doesn't know that Jeanette didn't see her in that day in the house either like i think mallory by not saying long gone jeanette's long gone well i i think though that mallory doesn't really know i don't think mallory's trying to help jeanette but i don't think she's trying to hurt her by not saying anything i think she is because she's constantly like oh that fucking creep that weirdo you know well i think she is a weirdo i also think that maybe mallory suspects that jeanette did know the truth about kate about jeanette seeing kate i i think she knew on some level that Jeanette, I, I also think, okay, so I know we're seeing things from Jeanette's point of view. And I believe me, I was on Jeanette's side for most of the show. And I've only really very recently come around on Mallory. Like I'm promised I'm not, I was not a Mallory defender earlier on in the season at all. But I do think, I do think, what was the take I was just going to say? I think Mallory had Jeanette's number from the very beginning. I think that as, controlling as Mallory seemed and as awful as she was to Jeanette in many ways, I think Mallory knew exactly the kind of person Jeanette was and she wasn't always the kindest about it, but I think Mallory had Jeanette's number from the beginning. Are you saying it takes one to know one? I think that's what she's saying. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think she knew that Jeanette was a sneaky, manipulative person and nobody and Jeanette was just so good at being a sneaky manipulative person that nobody else besides Mallory could see that or and I think that or she's also projecting onto her a little bit but but Jeanette is a sneaky manipulative <laughs> all right well, let's let's I, let's get I, there I, so, let's get there I don't know <laughs> I don't know that Mallory you're giving Mallory a lot of credit for her her observational <laughs> all right let's get there these last few scenes where Kate is confronting <laughs> Mallory about this and then we get a flashback to that scene where they're dancing to garbage and like Kate's Kate's dancing in front of the truck and it's like who's in the truck? Well, it was Mallory who's inside crying because she knows how guilty she is and what a bad person she is. Um, and then this is the cranberries, right? That's when they were when they were. That's right. It's the cranberries. That's point. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, garbage will come later. And so mm-hmm. Kate's just like, "What well, happened to No More Secrets?" Like back in the present, and Mallory's just like, "I'm I'm going to hop on a greyhound and get out of town. You'll never see me again." To where, Mallory? I don't know. And to where? And Kate's just like, and leave me here without you. Kind of gets real close to her. Don't you dare! And they hug. And it's just, I, it's hard for me to appreciate this when it's like, I, I just don't feel like Mallory is completely morally in the right here. 
Like it's just it feels like Here's, like everything Kate's gone through, like that she's latching onto Mallory. It's like it just doesn't feel right to me. Here's where the scene needed to go is she needed to be like, Mallory, what you did is wrong. Here's the why is you, you I felt like it was wrong, and I'm gonna forgive you anyway. Yeah, I agree. That would have been better. That yeah. I still don't think I still think I think it's justified for Mallory not to have said anything, but I do think probably it would have been a better move to have said something once it became very close. Yeah. So you know one month later, it's another TV interview on the Marsha Bailey show. But this time it is not Kate Wallace being interviewed. It is Jeanette Turner, who's dressed very similarly to Kate with the uh, pearl necklace and the pink uh, cardigan and all that most most importantly the headband (laughs) yes this might be kate's exact headband Mm -hmm. almost she just plucked it from the trash she actually found it in the green room it's still in the garbage yeah yeah she's holding it out she's doing like kate wallace drag or whatever. well then like cut to mallory and kate watching on tv at home and mallory is just like i know you're all kumbaya on forgiveness now but what i'm watching is an absolute creep show like she still hates jeanette because Jeanette sucks. But she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't know what we know about Jeanette. No, but actually, she does know. She, actually, she has her number in her head. Jeanette Turner is the most wronged woman in America. And how do I know that? Because I just saw it on TV. Mm-hmm. Marsha Bailey, of all people, just told us that. She's supposed to be Oprah, right? Oprah Winfrey, Marsha yeah. Bailey. Yeah. yeah. So Kate's just like, let's go for a drive. Let's get out of here. And then we just kind of watch on TV where I like how Marsha Bailey has to be like, and we personally apologize for letting that air on our TV show. Cause technically we were definitely liable for that. Uh, right. They should have been sued. Yeah. Not, I don't think it was live. Right. I think it's like, live. It, it seems like I, probably I, not. I yeah. Probably not. These, these interviews are edited. Yeah. I, yeah. Sure. I mean, they should have just edited. <laughs> yeah. yeah these interviews are edited, but yeah, this is like uh, the fucking like, OANN being like, hey, by the way, Dominion, do not sue us for peddling like blatantly false lies. So we find out that but Jeanette yeah. Turner didn't, you know, they didn't want the money. She just wanted the truth to come out. And, you know, what's next for you, Jeanette Turner? And she's like, well, I had the greatest dad who never left my side. The less said about my mother, the better. And uh, the best boyfriend I could hope for. But. And is there anything else you'd Ew. like to share? There's thing I want to say to the girl who named me who could have cleared all this up sooner, but didn't edge of my seat. Kate Wallace, I forgive you with this big saccharine smile. That's just like, I don't know, like maybe your radar is going off now. Maybe, maybe but, you're a little like, this feels weird. This, this something about this feels unnatural is hilarious because I'm only happy when it rains mm-hmm. starts playing. <laughs> I love this. song. I love garbage so much. And I was yes. like, yeah, you never hear enough garbage. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, one of my uh, favorite bands for sure. Yeah, they're great. I love uh, it. So then we see like uh, Kate is like driving in the truck, like just like on this random road. And I really thought like Kate was like going to go take Mallory somewhere to kill her or something. Like that was where no. my brain was at this part of the episode. I'm like, dude, is she going to like, like push her into traffic or something right now? No, no. Imagine. But the rest, the rest of us thought that one of them was going to get hit and that was going to be the tragic the tragic like uh cliffhanger i was expecting kate to push her because they fucking like they make sure to punch up the horn on the truck on the soundtrack on the, at the end like you're like oh shit here we go yeah which one yeah like it? suddenly just mallory gets like side swiped or whatever but, it, but by, it yeah but it, it's not a just world it wouldn't be mallory it'd be kate yeah and so it's that would be horrible instead kate's just like horrible. i love this song let's go dance and so they get out just like just stop the car right in the middle of this like four lane road 
and get out and start dancing in front of it. And I'm just like waiting for a tr- like a semi to come and like blast also, one of them, but it never happens. Can we talk about this 90s dancing that's half hopping and half spinning? This is like if somebody I'm I love to dance like this when I've had like six vodka sodas in me. Um, but like I was just saying, I was like, I I'd be so embarrassing to have to do this. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not that fun. I'm not fun like that. <laughs> I, I'm this... not gonna dance with you in the middle of the road. Like, I'm just not gonna do that. But also, is this your dance move? Are you just like hopping up and down and then spinning around a couple of times with your hands? Yes, yeah, so, no, a hundred percent. That is my friend actually sent me. I don't know if you guys saw it was circulating, but like how girls dance at clubs, like white girls mm-hmm. specifically dance at clubs. My friend was like, I'm so sorry sorry but like this is you <laughs> like, how's the mirror feel nice. <laughs> uh, so that's me that's, that's, that's your cruel summer in the midst of yeah. the dancing as uh shirley manson singing about pour your misery down on me kate just kind of stops and like rushes over to mallory and kisses her and i wish i could enjoy this moment more because it, it's just like hard to feel romantic about this even though they were clearly in the like the roller skating scene a couple episodes ago like that was very much like this feels romantic, you know, this feels like more than just a friendship. And obviously they're kind of going that extra step here and Kate kisses her and they both laugh and you know, this is their life now. They're, they're happy and free. Yeah. I love it. I mean, granted, (laughs) granted they're, they're white girls, but still this is Texas in the nineties. Yeah. It's not going to be the easiest. It won't be the easiest. They can go to college, you know? Yeah. They'll go to like UTA or whatever. But, um, but I, I feel like I Mallory's going to eventually resent Kate because Kate is going to, Kate's in Chrysalis. She's changing. She's growing. She's healing still. Yeah. She's also Kate Wallace. Everyone is going to want to be friends of her. Every door is open to her. That is going to infuriate Mallory going forward because Mallory's not, they? I don't think that, I don't know. There's, so far, I do not think that Mallory is working on herself per se. Do you think and they didn't really explore this. And again, I think we really should have gone on a two hour finale to tie up a lot of these like emotional loose ends. But I thought maybe that they were implying that the world would have turned on Kate and that now Kate is the most hated person in America. I mean, you could see it. The nineties, we were not very uh, subtle in our, our villains on, in the media and whatnot. You yeah. know? So you could, you could totally imagine you know, current affair or some other show like doing hit piece on her and that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, a season two where it's a real world show, but the the characters from the show all have to live in a house together and start <laughs> getting somehow real. it's the real world, but with like Kate, the Jeanette, characters. Mallory, Vince, Ben, Jamie, and um, it's it's unreal. Know, Neil, yeah. But these characters, mm-hmm. I'm kind of into that. You know what I thought would have been a really good um, tie in for the show. Like this is a if I was a public like a publicist like this is what I would have pitched. Um, have you heard about the podcast you're wrong about? I've yes. heard of it. Yeah, mentioned yeah, so, on this very show. So, oh yes, I think that. Well, that's not where I've heard of it, but yeah, I think you guys would mention it. Um, you would know because you mentioned it. But I, yeah, I listened to that podcast and they do like a lot of '90s crimes, like Satanic Panic, like shit like that, like like Amy Fisher. Yeah. yeah, like Amy Fisher, exactly. That's actually who I'm thinking of. I think it would have been so cool if they had the hosts be completely serious and tell the story of Kate Wallace and yes, Jeanette please. Turner and had it be, you know, promotion, obviously, for Girl Summer and then have it be like, mm-hmm. well, this is what you don't know. And what you don't know is that actually... Michael and Sarah get on it. It would be, that would be such a fun thing. And they should do it. Like, even if it's like Sarah, a half hour episode. Sarah Marshall would definitely cite a few 
of like finding the empathy in Mallory. Yeah. But I think, I think she'd also agree with us about how wonderful Jeanette is. <laughs> or right, let's, let's get to the detail that nobody knows <laughs> except for Jeanette Turner. As we cut to 1994, we see Martin Harris's house here. We see the door open and we see these are the same shoes that Kate Wallace is wearing. We pan up the legs to see the same dress that Kate Wallace wore uh, earlier in the season. But it is Jeanette Turner. This is the kind of made over cool girl, cool girl. Jeanette Turner, Turner. And she's walking around and then she, she says hello when she comes in. And then she starts hearing somebody asking, hello, Martin, is somebody there? You know, if, if anyone can hear me, it's Kate Wallace. Can you hear me? And Jeanette's right there at the basement door. She reaches out to take the hand. And we hear Kate say, Martin's locked me up down here. Please help me. Door handle. Yeah, as as, uh, Creep is playing by Radiohead, the uh, Olivia Holt cover here. And Jeanette kind of pulls her hand away because she's a creep. And she kind of gets this wonderful smile right at the end. I love that smile. Well, and just one last. Is there anybody there? Mm So sad. So sad, but oh my God. So she was the villain the whole time. The whole time. She knew. She knew. So so, so to to quote your interview back at you, I believe that what (laughs) Tia Napolitano is saying is that essentially the villain is the societal pressures we put on young women. Okay. Okay. But (laughs) but no. (laughs) Because I okay, here's my thought. This is what I, I envisioned it in my head. And I would love to read the script just to see if this was in the script. Don't you think that we know the Jeanette last two? Heard it, we know the last two words of the script. Are, what Kate Wallace? They're Jeanette no, Jeanette no, Turner. Yeah, Jeanette Turner. Okay, so I think that I think that in Jeanette's mind, she was thinking, "Oh my God, Kate's down there. I need to save her." And then she thinks about it, and she's like, "Okay, if I save her, I'm the hero." You know, everyone's going to love me. Kate's going to love me. That's all I've ever wanted. Kate's loved me. And then I think she thinks again. I mm-hmm. think she thinks, wait, I'm dating Jamie. I could lose I what I have. Friends. Yeah. I could lose what I have. And then she's like, makes a calculation because what you were saying on Twitter was that, um, that maybe Jeanette saw that and then just didn't then left, but then called the police. Well, so let, that, was, let, that was my first, that was my first. Let me give you my, my yeah. new headcanon for this, because I believe Tia Napolitano okay. said that like it was months, apparently. Like, yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that we, we know that Jeanette and Jamie seemingly very recently like had said sex. They like slept together. Yeah. And so I think that Jeanette waited until she had slept with Jamie and then she felt like she was secure enough that she could then inform the police of where Kate Turner was. Which is why Which she is reacted darker. so strongly to the gunshot, because she was probably thinking, oh, fuck, what if Martin just shot Kate because the police are on him? Which is why she was like, did they find the body the next day? Because she's she knew what that gunshot was, or at least thought she did. I think she she only reported it very recently, you know, when we start the, the show, because she had just left with Janie and she, and she felt secure enough in, in letting the police know where Kate was. See, that's darker See- because, again, society has told Jeanette that if I share my body with him, I will have, I will have secured our relationship. That's so a darker I, theory. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree that that is possible, but I don't think that's the text. No, you know well, I mean? we know like, that there was an anonymous tip and we know that, that Jeanette reacted right. so specifically to that gunshot that like, 
it's it's not you you have to infer it because they don't really explain who gave the anonymous tip or what you know yeah you know you know who we're not talking about feeling weird at all is greg turner <laughs> right. and he's like like oh hey you gotta get a lady here or something <laughs> right that was very 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 weird so uh, but okay so i kind of i i wish that they like were more clear about wait was it mallory do you think it could have been mallory well, no. no I, according to Mallory, she didn't put it together until she saw Kate being rescued until, on TV. Yeah. Unless she's a liar, which, um, you know, it's Mallory. So well. this is the one thing where I felt like the show doesn't have a ton of loose ends to wrap up. But this is the one that I think is the biggest loose end. Who gave the anonymous tip, basically? Yeah. Like, how, how did like, the I cops wish... get on to Martin Harris? Right. The one thing that I think that they could have done is like put like hang a lampshade or whatever it's called, hang a lantern on that where they, um, you know, Kate's like, you know, the one thing like with Mallory or something, the one thing I can't figure out is like, if, you know, Jeanette didn't see me who, who sent in that anonymous tip mm-hmm. or something. And, and then just like, cut to that scene or something like that. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. I just feel like the show, if it goes on for a second season, maybe that's what they'll do. But I don't know if that was the intention because it feels like it just feels like then it's like you're having it so many different ways. In one hand, it's like, oh, Jeanette or, didn't actually see her. And then another, she did actually. Well, oh, but she didn't. But we but don't know. We don't know there's an anonymous tip. No, we do. Oh, we do. We do. Yeah, we do. The, the, it's like Where? early in, the, in one of the early episodes, they say they got an anonymous tip. About what? About Martin Harris. That That's there, like somewhere earlier in the season. I mean, somebody had to because the police showed up. Mm-hmm. I would say I it's, it's also very, <laughs> it's very likely that Martin Harris was outwardly unraveling as well because yeah. the toll of, of the bullshit that he's been pulling for six months or longer, I, I would not be shocked if people are like, this guy's getting weirder and weirder and weirder and, and suspicion starts drawing them to him. But I, I, I mean, let's just go ahead and say, I honestly don't think you even need to see these characters again. Well, the, the way this last scene plays, it doesn't feel like a, a sequel teaser. It feels no. just like a little final gotcha twist. Like, it doesn't feel like exactly. this is like, and now we need to know more about the story. I feel like it, it feels somewhat self-contained, yeah. The, 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 the thing it made me think of was, is it the season two finale of like Westworld? With something with Ed Harris, and you're like, "Oh shit, how are you going to get there?" And it's like, I don't even, I don't even totally care here. Like, I think this is a great last parting. This is a horror movie cliffhanger ending that you usually get in horror movies. You know, it's not, yeah. not necessarily meant to be a sequel. It's just meant to leave you on a oh, and it totally that, works. That's why I think I really hope that we don't follow these characters again, or at least if not we follow all these characters, yeah. I just I hope it's not. We can follow some of the characters, so I, I honestly would prefer an anthology of totally new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want them to continue the story and pull out more threads because I feel like that kind of happened a little bit, even though I, I liked the second season of 13 Reasons Why. Like, I felt like that show did that where it was like pulling the threads that you kind of already thought were were done and part of the story and it kind of like, made you recontextualize certain ways that was good i think other ways like recontextualizing this would just be like why didn't you show us this in the first season you know yeah yeah. like if ashley called the police like why didn't you show us that in the first season like i don't need you know what i mean like if it was like a you know jamie 
called or something like why didn't well, we see that i think if martin harris comes up in a season two with all these same characters he really only needs to come up in the context of being in kate wallace's rear view as she heals like yeah. i feel like we've litigated all of the true crimeness of the martin harris story and it's like you need a new crime or a new something to be the rock dropped in the lake you know for a season two or just do Jeanette, the further adventures of Jeanette Turner or do a new cruel summer with like a different, I mean, cause like, I think you have to do the time jumps mm-hmm. in a new, sh- in a new show. It obviously has to take place over the summer. And I think the media has to play in it. To me, those yeah. are the things that need to like jump to a new an- anthologized story. Well, like I would do something like have it be, you know, a take on like the, I mean, not, not like the Central Park Five specifically, but like something like that, like do something where it's like a big, big, different story. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe somebody's accused of murdering someone that they didn't murder, like make it very different, but make it the same themes. Like, I don't I don't see any point in having these characters honestly return. And also executives, the next time you're going to give a show to Ryan Murphy, maybe give it to Tia Napolitano instead. <laughs> yeah, she's great. I mean, you can also tell like just speaking with her that she really like loved the show and the characters and is also a Mallory apologist. <laughs> so yeah. well, she would have to be, wouldn't she have to? Yeah. Love you that would character? think so. Yeah. 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 Also, she said something really interesting, just going back a, a beat uh, that it was Harley Quinn Smith and Olivia Holt who actually decided, I guess kind of early on in the season that that was going to be the resolution for Kate and, and Mallory. They, they were in love. Like I knew <laughs> from like the first frame of the meeting but yeah i thought that was kind of cool it's cool how like actors can influence character stories just by their performances mm-hmm. you know like i like yeah. so i i i absolutely believe mallory being in love i mean a lot of people have been theorized that mallory was either in love with with kate or in love with Jeanette, and that's for interactions i never totally got that vibe from Kate, which is fine. I mean, there's lots of different shapes and forms of like homosocial friendships and what have you. It's fine. But like you said, I think it's a great idea that the two actors are like, no, 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 we're playing these roles. This is where we want this to go. And and that the show could like respond to that. You know what I think I noticed that when it was Jeanette, not Jeanette, Kate's birthday mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she opens the door and she's like, you came, like you yeah. showed up like at my house. And I was like, oh, she's in love with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, this is a budding crush. Like that's not like a, that's not a thing. It's different. It's different. I don't know. It's just different. So okay. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. All right. Big fan. Well, that was Hostile Witness. Uh, thanks to everyone who wrote in. Uh, Marco, do we have any uh, questions or comments you want to address here at the end of the episode? Uh, we have like a thousand questions or comments. Let me. All right. Let me pull them up. Marco's going to pull those up now uh, as he's doing that. Thanks to everybody who left us uh, podcast reviews. I think we've got a few more. So thanks to uh not even sure if I mentioned some of these last time, the way iTunes uh, organized, it's confusing now, but thanks to you, MCR book bag, Miriam Larson, uh, Nanette BF, J Petto 286, Kesiev 24, Nikki 1984, CG 125, Megan McCurdy, uh, Kyle Pena and bachelor fan 18. Thank you all for supporting the pod. Uh, we don't have ads or Patreon or anything like that. So if you want to support the pod, you can leave us a review or you can go to my name is trouble.com and check out the books that we wrote. Uh, my name is trouble and trouble Alls finds me, which you can buy on Amazon or Apple books or other places where books are sold. 
Um, I noticed recently we've had a big uptick in book sales uh, since we started this pod. So thanks for everyone for checking those out. Uh, we hope you enjoy the book. If you like mysteries, we think you will. And check out Caitlin's podcast too. Um, Thank you. Security Cats <laughs> and Riverdale Register. Security Chat, yeah. It's chat. Security yeah. Chat, yeah. <laughs> I know. it's That's the pun, mm-hmm. guys. So. Security Cats is a different podcast where they talk about the same thing as you talk about, but they also talk about feline ownership. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's only about cats who are afraid. Yeah. So it's yeah. very Cat, literal. Feline phobia. It's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Joy, we got a bunch here. Uh, Joy wants our final takes on Mallory. I feel like we've talked about Mallory we, a lot. I think we've covered Mallory. Um, front of the pod, Kayla asks, uh, does the show's ending shed a new light on Jeanette and Vincent's conversation in the basement in 95? Was was Jeanette coming into coming in uh, to terms of her guilt at all in that scene using code? I language? always thought that Jeanette was lying in that scene. I think I said so on the pod. Same. That, that like whatever her explanation she gave Vince about magical thinking was not that wasn't right she was really there hmm. um uh miss i stay busy asked if we're going to watch the rl stein fear street trilogy you better <laughs> you better that's all you and i have talked on twitter before about fear street before i think like years I think ago so. yeah, I first love it. yeah i i will watch it. i just saw they all got rated r which yeah wild pretty cool but yeah, yeah Kiara really is in it. My favorite part of the Stranger Things show is in it. Um, Roof says, please address the Jeanette tipped off the cops theory. I think we've talked about that. Um, uh, Roof asks, did they have a missed opportunity for a, a needle drop with Soul Asylum's runaway train? Yeah, yeah, they really did. <laughs> did it not have like an infographic at the end of the music video about how many kids actually run away? Well, there is the, like the update of the music video to be like update, you know, like here's this person, yeah, that yeah. person. Um, uh, Kayla asks, is there anything that we that should have been explored more in season one? And do we think it'll be explored in season two? I feel like we've talked about things that, that... I think there was the, like some tertiary and secondary characters on the show that we could have had more of. You know, we like Renee and Tennille could have been more developed. What happens between Ashley and Kate and Derek and all that? Like, there's just like dangling plot threads that aren't the biggest deal in the world, but like it would have been nice to see a little more of them. Yeah, and I, and I think, um, like like Caitlin said, especially in the the Vince and Ben relationship, if you're going to go forward with that relationship, you really got to put some more wrinkles. Like, I don't know, because like good drama is not just like characters being happy and holding hands, mm-hmm. right? Like we need to see <laughs> doing hand stuff. Yeah, doing, doing hand, hand stuff. stuff. <laughs> um, Sage. Uh, enjoys that we talk about Jeanette's need to stick to the letter of the list because mm-hmm. she's justified being the wrong party due to a technicality she, she did not see. Um, Megan uh, was telling me how she had uh, re-listened to the uh, Off the Rails PLL finale. Okay. Uh, and what do you think that the uh, Cruel Summer could learn or take away from the successes and failures of multiple season arcs of other shows? Oh, because Megan was mentioning that we make a joke about, or I make a joke about danger. Mm. and that thing and said people will get it in a couple years Mm -hmm. sorry Um, but what could what could cruel summer learn from as to that question i I think the main takeaway from the later scenes of pll is that like if you're going to do a villain reveal you shouldn't need to do a whole episode explaining their backstory it should all have been there like you know just look at the mona reveal versus uh you know spoilers for pll the uh the cc reveal like you didn't need a whole episode explaining why mona 
would be the villain would, would of the show. Like you kind of like knew you're like, Oh, it totally makes sense. We've seen all this stuff with Mona and we've seen her in flashbacks and how she wasn't treated well. And so it makes sense that she would be the villain. Whereas I, I think if, if cruel summer is going to do multi seasons, like try to avoid that kind of ending where you have to spend a whole episode explaining the villain's motivation. Hmm. I read somewhere though. I'm sure this is in many a book about mystery building and mm-hmm. it, it, the ending has to be, obvious but it but still surprising and i think that yeah like the mona on pll is obvious but still surprising because they do fake you out by having mona you know mm-hmm. they do the thing where she's like oh i'm getting text from a too mm-hmm. but then once you finally do get the reveal you're like obviously and i think that's well, cruel summer i think did that really well because you had the fake out with Jeanette, where it's like oh man oh couldn't possibly have been her and then he got yes it fucking was so. yeah mona had the whole nip tuck thing where she was like the last red herring yes and and i and i you know, there's a lot of ways where you can put the pll filter on the show and i certainly am guilty of it and there's ways that it, it, it loses that like the whole liar note mm-hmm. you know, like that's the whole pll season right there of like oh shit someone else saw us or saw me or whatever and it's just joy and it makes much more sense that way um megan also asked uh, a la headcanon is there a make one change for season one? And uh, what do you hope changes or doesn't change in season two? If the you know, go forward with this storyline, obviously. I mean, I think what Caitlin mentioned about having to be more clear about what Mallory knew and having her actually have known that it was Kate and kept quiet about it. I think that works better character wise uh, mm-hmm. for everything involved. Do you think so, Caitlin? Do you, yeah, do you agree with James I, agreeing with you? Yeah, I agree. I agree with the opinion I stated. Yeah, I just think it made it would have made more sense if Mallory did see Kate and she doubled down on on I hate Kate so much, so I'm not gonna say anything what? only to feel guilty. And it, about it wouldn't it later. have been Is as, that redeemable later? Yeah, well it wouldn't have been as nefarious because she would have seen Kate be walking around freely upstairs, and it's not the same thing as seeing somebody being held captive in a basement. So there would have been a little mm-hmm. bit more wiggle room there, like morality wise. Yeah, I agree. It wouldn't have been a hundred percent excusable that she didn't say anything, considering that Jan- uh, Joy and but, Rod are still in pain, mm-hmm. not knowing where their daughter is. But it it would have been clearer. Yeah, clearer okay. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Jessica asks, "Do we think season two will continue with these characters and this story, or will it follow the center path? That doesn't seem to be a Bill Pullman character to pull through. If so, who do you think it will be? I mean, to me, it's." This show is like so a Patricia Highsmith teen novel. It's it's Jeanette. Like she's the easiest character to spin off into new adventures, right? I'm really I don't know though. I, yeah. I know Olivia Holt tweeted something like see you in season two or something like that, which it's like, okay, so are you gonna be in it then? Or yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really very curious to see what they do for season two of this show. I think it's gonna be Kate is going to be the Bill Pullman character, mm-hmm. personally. I think it makes more sense. I think Jeanette is going to be in the background, maybe living her life. Maybe she has her own talk show. Being maybe awesome. it's like one of those mm-hmm. situations. Yeah. Maybe Kate has to go talk to her again, knowing that she can't necessarily trust her, but I don't think Kate, and it's not going to be a Kate versus Jeanette mm-hmm. thing. I hope, I hope. There needs to be something where they have to work together. I feel like that would be goddamn wild and a delight. They all go on vacation together and somebody winds up dead and they all have amnesia. The so they're not sure who did it. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a PLL book <laughs> later on book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like I don't see it right yet, but I, I feel like somebody had tweeted at me or I was tweeting at somebody like, shouldn't it have been Kira Aurelia's cover of Creep at the end? <laughs> Maybe she can't sing. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, don't know. Apparently, according to Olivia Holt, she's a great singer. Mm. Oh. And, and a great prankster. Um, she locked me in the basement. <laughs> hilarious stuff. <laughs> so the last day we had the house, she locked me in the basement and then the new owners came to find it and they found an actress in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Demi asked, you know, did, did Martin Harris like actually chicken out or was this some kind of weird display of, of the ladder? Like what for? I think we um, covered I think we that. Talked yeah. About that. Yeah. Um, or the other question from Courtney is, is, do we think the police actually came to Martin's house like he told Kate? Or is that just part of his story as well? I think they did. I don't Ooh. see any reason to yeah. disbelieve him there. It seems like he was definitely at the end of his rope and like planning to kill himself. So so just to throw something out there that I just thought of now, you know how he goes to the mall and he sees the police at the mall mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he kind of freaks out? What if the police did come to his house? But because but for a different reason or something. Yeah, and the anonymous tip was um, was Kate calling. You know what I mean? Like, well, how would you have gotten the, the phone? Thinking. Well, that she called the like and said it was an anonymous tip, but it was actually just Kate being like, "Kate Wallace is at whatever," and they didn't oh, realize it was it, Kate she gave calling. the you know, her own anonymous tip. It could also be something yeah. like a neighbor was like, we keep seeing this like girl sneak into your house, you know? And so they like, they came to talk to him about that and he like took it the wrong way or something. He's like, I don't want to prosecute. In fact, I want you to forget all about it, officer. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I don't think at that point, Kate Wallace is giving anonymous tips about her own capture. I think by, by June of, of 90 or 94, she's like, please get me the fuck out of here. Well, I guess what I was saying is, um, sorry to clarify. So, we know that there was an anonymous tip that meant that made them go to Martin Harris's house. Right. Mm -hmm. I just thought of this now, actually. And I think that maybe I'm right about this. We know that's not true because Kate is the one who called the police on Martin Harris. So if Kate called the cops to, well, why were the cops there the first time, I guess is the question. Yeah. Right. We don't know that, but, but if let's pretend that Martin let's pretend i guess that maybe the police were there for a different reason he was misinterpreting the anonymous tip thing didn't have to come from Jeanette. it could have just come from kate making the phone call and that speared her rescue because the police didn't show up with a search warrant like martin harris was afraid of they only showed up after kate called the police Mm -hmm. so i think that maybe it's like just how the the media was wrong about the shootout the media was probably wrong about the anonymous tip it could be. I mean, That's it all my, feels like a little bit of a cheat there because they, they wanted to keep yes, that area of the story a mystery, even though it was like it happened in 93 and we have these like two more years after that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a little bit of a cheat, but I think if you were to ask someone to explain it and maybe maybe the showrunner did in a different interview, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was the intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, different Megan asks uh, top character moments or rankings like we do in a headcanon. I think we're all going to have a uh, very interesting and slightly different number one, number two, and number three, right? <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. I'd have to do some thinking maybe. I mean, I, I, we obviously the show will be back. We'll, we'll pick up the podcast whenever it comes back. We might do an episode on like the center or something over the summer. So maybe we can think about questions like that for later. 
Um, Michaela asks about needle drops we'd like to see in season two. I feel like I covered that last time I gave. Yeah, I mean, maybe we can we can address questions like that in like a a mid, you know, hiatus uh, little one off. Yeah, because there's a bunch more comments here. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a lot of a lot of the comments are like, "What do you think season two will be about?" I mean, so we can rattle off like several more pitches than we have. Well, already, see, I guess but... we we'll, we'll probably know within the next few months whether or not the original cast is going to be in it. I guess like that should become apparent. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, I believe we found out it's uh, just a key in Germany. Ah, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. All right. So I think. That's the Cruel Summer Podcast. I believe it is. Um, I want to say real quick thanks to a couple of people who emailed us as well. I think it was Amanda, Liz Feld, and Christopher. Uh, Christopher, Mallory, and Kate forever. Well, you've got one supporter of that on the podcast. Uh, I think it was Liz who was saying that maybe some people like didn't want to give Kate the credit for being a victim because grooming is so common. Probably, you know, they're like it's it's probably like there's a fair amount of people who've been in older relationships like that, and it may be hard to kind of confront that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's just funny to look at the PLL Reddit mm-hmm. where a couple every couple of months or every couple of weeks, somebody's like, "Oh shit, Esri is bad. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so bad." Yeah. yeah, he looks just like him. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I presume that the Harrises and the Fitzgeralds yachted together. Yeah, they summered. They yeah. uh, they had a and Martha's Vineyard uh, house next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Caitlin. Uh, you can be find at Riley Tweets on Twitter. Your podcasts are Riverdale Register and Scaredy Chat. Any final thoughts? Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been so fun. I also, I meant to say this at the top of the podcast, but I think it's hilarious that when I was on Headcanon, we were doing Happiest Season and now it's Cruel Summer. Yeah. <laughs> and I oh, was yeah. like, oh, that's hilarious. That's a really, that's a really fun little uh, play on, on all the words. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's, what's the middle ground one? <laughs> right. <laughs> Mediocre fall. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing happens really fall. We'll, we'll return know. in the That's fall like... for uh, Taylor's version of Red Podcast. Yeah. yeah oh, go. man. Well, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Everyone go stream Taylor's versions. Of Watch out, Jillian Hall. <laughs> Coming for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll we'll be back maybe in a few months. I don't know. We're going to take a hiatus. Go check us out on our other podcast, Headcanon. We'll be talking about some 90s movies over the next month or two. But uh, I'm sure we'll be back with some sort of uh, interim podcast before next season of Cruel Summer. Yep. All right. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.